Hey everybody, Mike Dempsey here. It's NFL playoff time and you can still win playing Underdog Fantasy by picking higher or lower on player stats at underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with promo code 1010XL and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Lauren and RJ, the Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome to Glad along for the ride on a Monday installment, an NFL Monday, by the way. They're playing ball today at 4:30. They're playing again tonight. What a wild weekend in the NFL. Frank Frangie, Hayes, Carline, Lauren Brooks, RJ Saunders. Crazy weekend, huh? In the NFL. Absolutely. Not a lot of drama until last night, but uh, but yeah. Last night was a good game. Last, last night, was last a great night game. I mean, from start to finish, last night was a, a watchable game. Yeah, and the fun continues, like you said. I'm looking at the picture that Tony Baselli just tweeted out of the stadium, and it, it looks like there's about four feet of snow in every seat in Buffalo. So. He's soft, though. Yikes. He's so soft. Well, he's- true. The Bills Mafia is not going to be soft. They'll be there. They'll be warm, I'm sure, thanks to all the alcohol that they consumed while tailgating. So, so yesterday I played golf. And I'm not really paying attention because I'm thinking the first game is not going to be very good. And so, well, it turns out it wasn't. But honest to God, so I, I play golf. I get home. And I'm kind of casually getting home, and I'm washing off the golf cart. And I'm going in slow, and I'm taking the shoes off. And, and I don't have – and I'm not, I'm not following anything on Twitter. I'm just not – I'm just not – don't have my phone out. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not phone guy when I'm playing golf. So get in, get in the house, and say hello to the wife, and dog's running around. And I don't know what TV station she has. I turned it. I turned the station. I turned the TV on. It's twenty-seven nothing. And I'm thinking, yeah. You ever ever have that moment where you look at it? You you almost think you're in like the twilight zone. Or yeah. Something? Like, is this a replay it's from some, a game? Some, like exactly right. It, yeah. it, maybe they, maybe they're playing an old Packers Cowboys game from right. the Ice Bowl or something right. way back when. I looked at it and I thought, and I had to shake my head. Suzanne goes, "What's the matter?" I said. Look at this score. She said, yeah, I know. The Packers are killing them. I'm like, what in the world? The, I, I think I was probably more surprised when I turned that television, got home from golf, turned the TV to the station, saw that the Cowboys – I don't know that I've – I can remember the last time I was that surprised when I looked at the score. Ever that surprised. It, it was shocking. I mean, this is Green Bay's drive summary to start the game. Touchdown, punt, touchdown, 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 touchdown. I'm going to go out on a limb and say when you do that in a playoff game, your odds to win said yeah. game <laughs> are pretty high. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Jordan Love was incredible. Um, He's good. And and I, I would imagine what happened with Dallas is just there's such pressure on Mike McCarthy, and my guess is that just resonated down, and they just played like a team that had no business being there. And, you know, I, and whether that was – defensively it was really puzzling because they've been pretty sensational defensively for most of the year and Jordan Love just dissected them and so I don't I don't know what I don't even know if like Dallas can point a finger as to exactly how this happened because they they had such a a solid regular season but man that was uh that was an egg to to take the cake of of all the eggs that have been laid this year in the NFL um seven and a half point favorite you're at home 
Green Bay is basically starting a bunch of kids on offense, and those kids just went up and down the field. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, Dan Quinn, who I think many thought was going to get a head coaching job immediately after the Cowboys' success this postseason, he doesn't look like you know he's as bright uh, as far as candidates go. And Mike McCarthy might lose his job, and we might have a new Dallas head coach. And Frank, I know you're not all about firing coaches, and he's had three winning seasons, but at the same time, Jerry Jones, I think, expects more than what he's gotten. Here's my take on that. I hate I hate firing coaches. Fire, 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 fire. Let's fire the coach. Fire the coach. Fire the coach. Fire the coach. We're firing too many damn coaches. This guy's had three straight 12-win seasons, which means if you are if you take my position, no way you fire him. No way you fire him. You can't fire a guy that's had three straight 12-win seasons. And I still conceptually believe that. I conceptually believe we can't start firing our coaches who have won 36 regular season games in three years. We can't do it. But that's one situation where so much has been made of it and so much has been made of the fact that they can't get out of their own way in the postseason that they may not be ever able to get over the psychology of it without a new coach. Does that make sense? You know, cause I, I, I it hate does, but I mean, the, the issues go back farther than Mike McCarthy. No question. So I would not fire him because I don't think, I think we fire coaches way too fast. You know how I am about that. But I, the psychology of it is so strong. That was, wow. I mean, and Dak Prescott, who wasn't very good, he was 36 and nine, 36 touchdowns, nine picks this year. I mean, he, he led the league in touchdown passes. Now, look, the defense, to your point, Lauren, was what happened yesterday, not the offense. But anyway. It was a both. Yeah, it, well, it the, was the both. The pick six certainly did not help yeah, the situation. But it was, it was, I'm just telling you, it was just, I, I, I was as shocked as I've been. I, I also think it's too different. Like, I, I, I can, I understand what you're saying in terms of at the college level and, and giving it time. And there, I think it, it's, it's more important. In professional football, I, I just I, you're measured on winning, competing for the Super Bowl, and if you're miserable in the postseason, then yeah, I think that negates what you do in the regular season. I mean, he's one in three uh, in, in the postseason as Dallas's coach. I mean, that's just it's not good, yeah, yeah. and and they looked so woeful yesterday that again, I think in professional football there is a much higher standard in terms of. You know, what what you're trying to accomplish. I mean, very few owners in this league are just out to win 10 games and compete for the division, and, and that's okay, and the rest of it, you know. I mean, I don't think Jerry Jones is, is unique in this. I think if Mike McCarthy was coaching for a lot of organizations and the postseason failures had been this acute, I, I think there would be questions about, is it time to move on? Because ultimately, you're trying to win a Super Bowl, and you need a coach that you feel like you're the most confident in to do that. And if you're the Cowboys, I just don't know how you have confidence that Mike McCarthy is ever going to lift that Lombardi trophy wearing your logo. Well, that's the the last thing you said is the is the question. I'll say I'll scream this into the mic, college pro, any other. You don't fire a coach because of what he did or didn't do. You fire a coach because you're not sure he can do it next time. That, you fire a coach because he's not the guy. So I'll go back. I, I don't completely agree with you that it's different here or different there and that regular season wins don't matter. I don't agree with that. You didn't say that. But, I mean, I don't agree that regular season record doesn't matter. But I do agree that the psychology that can inhibit the, the, the mind of a team is gigantic. And if the psychology is so infested uh, – see, I don't necessarily think when you fire a guy it gets better. I think I think sometimes people will fire him because we'll fire him. We'll fire him. It may not get better. The guy next guy might not be better. The next guy might not 
get you closer. We, we always just think the next guy is going to do better, and he might not. But if, you are so, if it's so in your head, if, you're so, if, this, if the, your team's mental health is such that you need something to change, that's why you do it. So I think he might get fired, by the way. I'm not convinced he's getting fired. I'll be shocked if he's not yeah, fired. Yeah, I, I, I won't be shocked. I won't be shocked. But I think he might get fired. And I think he, and so, and I'm not it sure. It was th- ugly. I think that's the other yeah, thing, right. too. It was at home. Yeah. They'd been really good at home. And it was, I mean, Kevin they, Burkhart, God bless him, at the end of the game is trying to make yeah. it. Like, oh, they're still in it? No, no, they're not. They've been out of this game since the first quarter. Right. And they've been incredibly good at home. Right. I mean, they're, they're, nobody, no professional sports team wins as much at home as they have. That's like a co- they have like a college home record. And, and it's not like the it's not like the Packers have Aaron Rodgers right. and he's been right. injured right. for four or five weeks, and that's why they they were the seven, but they sort of found themselves. And this is a, literally a bunch of kids. I mean, Green Bay's offense. It's the best bargain in professional sports. None of them make any money. And what they, they just, I mean, it, it was just a clinic. And, and so that's the thing that I also think factors in is this was a seven seed that really should not have been able to execute at this type of level. They don't have any playoff experience. Uh, now, obviously, their coach has it. But, you know, in, in terms of what they have offensively, that should have never happened yesterday and and again it speaks to you know what went wrong here whether it's Dan Quinn the pressure McCarthy feels and that feeds down uh you know but it's it's hard to explain so we'll talk more about that coming up today on the program we'll talk a little bit about uh, all these other job openings uh the Jaguars pursuit of a defensive coordinator got a thought or two about that we'll talk about that coming up today on the program as well great time to talk NFL football It, it is it is I hate it that we're not there I was kind of. Were you guys bummed out over the weekend watching it? Yeah, it's I was, terrible. I was, I was, I was well, I'm, I'm actually, I think, more angry today. <laughs> yeah. About the Jaguars than I was a week ago because a week ago I was still like shocked that it had happened, and it was still sort of I was still sort of absorbing the fact that the season was over. But now I'm far enough away from that that it's like, wow, yeah, they really had like no run here at all. Like in, you know, what we thought would be two or three great years has been swallowed up by their own ineptitude and the fact that Houston got it right yeah. on, on a number of levels. And I, and I got a thought about that. We'll get to that too. So we'll talk about that. Um, I want to talk about the portal because uh, the number that Lauren said we've been talking about that, you dummy. Well, I just saw it. So uh, I didn't know there were portal rankings. There's portal rankings. So I, I noticed the portal rankings. Um, I, you know, my alma mater is, is, is in the rankings. Are they really? They are, yeah, yeah. Are they in the top 60? They are. They, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a yes, they are. So uh, so we'll talk about that. We've got a lot of things to talk about, some college hoop as well. Uh, busy day. Hope you guys enjoyed. The, the Rumble was fantastic Friday night. Before. UNF's got a good team, by the way. They do. UNF, UNF, this might be a – UNF's legit now. They are, and it was a good game. JU and UNF back and forth. We'll certainly talk about that. A lot of fun stuff. We, we certainly enjoyed being out there. Thanks to our friends at UNF for having us out. JU's got us out this week, so we're looking forward to all that. And I got something fun to talk about with walk-off charities. Uh, we have a fun uh, announcement today that was made by the uh, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. So we'll talk about that. We've got a lot of fun stuff going on. Glad you're with us. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Frangie Carlion, 
Brooks, R.J. Saunders. How you doing in there, R.J.? You good? Yeah, how are you guys? Is that the Akeem Olajuwon shirt you got on? Absolutely. I asked R.J. if he's old enough to appreciate the greatness of Akeem. He said he was. The dream. Great player. Yeah. Uh, R.J., I'd say he's the guy, he's the great player that doesn't get enough credit when you look back at great players. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely, and especially when he was in an era that had so many great centers. Correct. Uh, once you get to the '90s, but I mean, listen—he—he's a two-time NBA champion, um, and I, I think he—you he, can make an argument he's one of the more underrated, no uh, great players in NBA history. I think he probably is high on. The, if you did a list of underrated, because if you—if we—if I said any of us start naming the greatest centers in NBA history, we'd all go Chamberlain, Russell, Jabbar, Shaq. We, you know, we'd 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 skip him. You know that we'd skip him, yeah. but we and part of it's because he was a center, but he was only about six ten and a half, and he he played like a forward because he shot the ball so well. But I mean, without Best fadeaway baseline jumper in the ever of the game ever, and so but you you wouldn't mention him, would you? You think about it, you you, you wouldn't think to mention. Now that I'm bringing it up, you would, but you wouldn't right. think you wouldn't think to mention. No, he's him. a great champion. So so there you go, R.J. Good work on the shirt. High marks, high marks for the shirt. Um. Uh, let's start with the NFL weekend. That we talked about the Cowboys game. What happens with the Cowboys? What happens with the Packers? I mean, Jordan Love's pretty good, by the way. Love's and Stroud's numbers being that uncanny. Oh, it's unreal. Read, do you have them in front of you? Yeah. Read, read them out. Read, read out how, aden- how identical those numbers were. C.J. Stroud, sixteen of twenty-one, two hundred and seventy-four yards, three touchdowns, no picks, one fifty-seven point two passer rating. Jordan Love, sixteen of twenty-one, two hundred and seventy-two yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Passer rating, 157.2. That's amazing. It's incredible. It's amazing they threw the same amount of passes. They completed the same amount of passes. They threw the same amount of touchdowns. They didn't throw an interception. And two yards separated their, their total. I mean, it, it's, almost, it's almost surreal. It's uncanny. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and especially because they were – none of us really predicted it to, for the games to go the way they did. Certainly not the Packers-Cowboys. I was completely wrong on that. I thought the Cowboys would win easily. But the fact that – Stroud just dismantled a Browns defense that had been good all season long, and then the way the Packers dismantled the Cowboys defense. I mean, Micah Parsons is still playing. Miles My- Garrett was still out there for the Browns, and yet they just torched them. And, it, you know, again, to bring this full circle, it makes you I wonder, you know, when is, is Trevor Lawrence going to hit the gas on his career uh, and, and get to the, the point of, of the potential that we all hope that he has? And I, I'm still – optimistic that he gets there but you see what cj stroud and jordan love did and jordan loves older you know he's been in the league long he hasn't started for as long but it's not like he's a rookie but certainly cj stroud is a rookie and and younger than Tra- than uh uh trevor and it just again we were doing our where would trevor rank list before the year and you know we were putting him third fourth you know somewhere in there you can't do that now i mean you just can't I mean, even if you're the biggest Jaguars fan on the planet, uh, and it's it'll be a conversation piece throughout the offseason, but, I mean, now you're you're looking at is your, you know, again, not that the Jaguars labeled him this, but this generational prospect, is he even a top 10 quarterback in this league? Yeah. And I think you have to have an honest discussion about that. I mean, now we, again, a year from now, he, we may be saying that he's an all-pro, and hopefully we are. But when you see things like what happened yesterday and this weekend with Stroud and Love, you're like, oh, great, are these two players that you weren't really counting on? It was going to be hard enough to catch Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and, and guys like that. 
But now are you seeing these more inexperienced players that are leapfrogging Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, and we'll get to the Jags in a bit. I got a lot of thoughts about the Jags, how the Jags match up with some of these teams in, in, in a bit. So I got a lot of thoughts to what you just said, Hayes. But for the moment, how about the Packers? Are they Have they arrived? Is it, was it one? Because they played well during, down the stretch, too. This wasn't one just one game. Have the Packers suddenly arrived and did – did uh, Brian Gunkins, am I saying it right? Gun- yeah. Obviously, was he the smartest guy in the room? Remember, he get just just vilified by Aaron Rodgers and others for drafting Jordan Love instead of drafting a receiver to help Aaron Rodgers. Well, now Rodgers is gone. He was old. Here's this young guy that, if he's as good as it looks like, it might have been the greatest, shrewdest draft ever. Isn't it crazy how some organizations constantly get it right and other organizations cannot seem to find a quarterback to save their life? That It is always going to be surprising to me that Jordan Love, who maybe part of it is sitting for that long. I know no one nowadays is going to ever draft a quarterback high and let him sit for a few years. That's never going to happen again. But I do wonder how much he learned sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, which obviously has happened uh, in the past with Green Bay. I think it's a great story, but – Seeing the 49ers in person, I just don't think the Packers can keep up with them. All right, so so I, yeah, I don't think they're going to win this week. So, but and, and but I wonder if they're if they're kind of built now as we move forward. They'd have but to they have to think are. so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Love accounted for 36 touchdowns, yeah. and that was bef- that doesn't count yesterday's yeah, right. game. And the, and so now it's you know four. 39. It's yeah, 39. Um, and and looking at it, uh, it's just and he's done it with. They didn't have a, a running back go for more than 656 yards. They didn't have a receiver go for more than 793. So, again, for him to account for that amount of touchdowns, uh, it, it, it does speak to tremendous growth. And they went from 2-6, and 2-5 and five, to 9-8, and eight, won their last three, got in, and, and now just pulled off a huge upset. I, I would agree. I think it ends this week, but still right. a remarkable run. Uh, let's stay in the NFC. Last night's game, best game of the weekend. I was interested – that I thought the Rams and McVay's a fantastic coach. I thought they messed it up at the end. I they're they're down a point now. Look, Maher is the kicker that messed up in Dallas last year, so he's not the most automatic guy. But somehow, some way, you got to get a field goal. You got you got to get a, a field goal attempt on on third and fourteen. Hell, I might have run a draw play, you know, or or a, or a check down, and give him a chance at one of those fifty. It's, you're in a dome. You know, I mean, don't you? I mean, I thought, didn't you think that was the big, big miss? Down one, five, you're not stopping them. So punting the ball, I thought punting was death. You can't go for it on third, on fourth and 14. So I thought that was the, I thought that was the gigantic miss last night by the Rams. Run a screen pass, give the guy a chance from 52, right? Are you surprised they didn't do well, that? Well, even like on third and four, you're at the 34-yard line. Right. And it's an incomplete pass that you then get the holding on. So, I mean, again, now I, I get it. You know, Kyron Williams was, you know, hurt with the hand. But, uh, you know, even at third and four from the 34, right. are you thinking, let's just see if we pop a run here. Yeah. And if we don't, maybe you think about it. Because, I mean, even if you get nothing – from the 34, you're talking 52-yard field goal. 52, I mean, yeah. again, in a dome, it's a lot of pressure, obviously. But uh, an NFL yeah. kicker, you'd have to feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I, I could live with the third and four pass because you want to get closer. You don't want to settle for a field goal. You don't want to settle for a long field goal. And you can't, you can't anticipate the holding. So I could live with that. But third and 14, you get, now, now you got to be playing for the field goal. You can't, you, third and 14, I think you have to play for the field goal. Yeah, it's ironic to me that it's McVay that I think – 
messed it up. And here's Dan Campbell, who just a few weeks yeah. ago was in the midst of the controversy and, and how the end of that game went against the Cowboys and the Lions lose. Yeah, ball don't lie, by the way. You <laughs> know that? Absolutely. All of a sudden, the Lions are doing just fine and the Cowboys are out. Yeah, so I, I found that really interesting. But I think, look, the Lions, they are built on toughness. And that started when they hired Dan Campbell, and they've done a great job drafting, a really, really good job drafting. And that's why they are where they are. And, look, I think – Jared Goff deserved that. Like, I'm not the biggest Jared Goff fan, or I don't care about Matthew Stafford. I don't care about when they, you know, swip-swapped the quarterbacks. But he deserved to feel that good when feeling abandoned once upon a time. Yeah, I think so, too. And, he, and, he, and he's, but he, I, I was wrong. I thought he wasn't very good. I you know, he's the first right overall pick. He, he, he should be good. But I thought he wasn't. And he turned out to be a terrific player. In the AFC, the Chiefs look dominant, more dominant than I thought they would look. They've been physical. They've been great defensively. Boy, Tua looked lousy, and, and I mean, I know there was weather, but were you guys surprised at how, 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 how five and eleven the Dolphins looked in that game? I think if the game was in Miami, they would have looked different. I yeah, do think the weather, weather played a, I do too. a big factor, but overall, I think at the end of the day, they came in really beat up. I mean, all their star edge rushers were gone. So if you're not going to get after Mahomes, you're not going to win the game. And I think Kansas City is one of those teams that can sit back and win just enough games. And then turn it on once they get to the playoffs, and that's what they're doing now. And Kansas City defensively has been great all year. All year long. So, I mean, it's it's no one – again, I say no one, but it rarely gets talked about because of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and – Everything that goes along with Andy Reid's frozen mustache. I mean, you know that <laughs> that was the fantastic. Are like, by the way, like no one yeah. like. But if you just talk Kansas City football, right. uh, the defense doesn't get uh, it, the credit that they should. I mean, Miami was one of twelve on third down. I mean, it's just they they just did an outstanding they job. They look like a bad team of mauling them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I agree with you. The Kansas City defense, one of the best ones in the league, that never gets mentioned because of Mahomes. I agree with that. So I, I but I am. Um, so we saw it up close and personal, even though that feels like forever ago. And, and I got to give you credit, Hayes. You called the Joe Flacco thing middle of the week. You might have called it a week ago. You might have called it before the Jags Titans game. So frustrating. But I mean, I mean, I mean, for people that weren't listening, Hayes pretty much said, I'm going to paraphrase, but Hayes pretty much said we were talking about the Jags Titans game. And with it, if the Jags win, that, that was a nervous game because everything relied on it, and they lost the game. But I said, I thought the, I think they're going to come back and beat the Browns. And you said, yeah, they will, because Joe Flacco is going to have the Joe Flacco meltdown. He, he, the Cinderella, it, 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 uh, it's going to strike 11. And, uh, and, and I remember you saying that. And then after the game, you said, that, and we both thought the Texans, I think you did too, Lord. I think we all thought the Texans were going to win that game. The Texans win because the Joe Flacco, the time has run out. Uh, the clock's in strike. That's exactly what happened. You know, I mean, it, I mean, it, I mean, back to back. And it would have happened here. Yeah. No. No. I'm, that, that's. Kind I mean, of I, I think yeah. the Jaguars should be playing. They should be practicing right. Well, or watching yeah, film right. right now. The Jaguar season should still be going because they would because they would have beat the Browns. So meanwhile, the Texans are playing. Boy, they're a scary team, aren't they? Even without Tank Dell, they're a scary. I mean, they're a, they're a scary team as you move forward here. With. Ninety million in cap space. I mean, yeah. it's uh, so what? So if the Bills win, it's it's Kansas City at Buffalo, correct? And it's which is the game of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, and right. a great game, a yeah. great slate of right. games. That's the game of the weekend. And Houston at Baltimore. I gotta right. tell you, I don't know, man. I I don't, I don't know. I don't know that the Ravens are going to beat the Texans. I, I don't. I don't know that they're going to beat them. I don't know. I think the Ravens will. But I do I, too. I don't, but I don't. I, you're if, right. I if I had to bet, I'd bet the Ravens. But I don't know. 
It's hard because you're going to get into those conversations of the two weeks off for Lamar. And if the Ravens lose, people are going to point to that as, I think, being a factor. They're also going to say that C.J. Stroud is the best rookie quarterback of all time, bar none. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm telling you, that is going to be a heck of a game. That, that is because the Ravens, albeit the best team in the AFC, have their own set of flaws. I, I, it, it's, boy, oh, boy, what, a, what, what an AFC. Assuming the Bills win, which I think they will today, I think they're a good bit better than the Steelers. What a, what a final four in the AFC. Yeah, it's hard to believe that game is just an hour away. I know. Um, what, but, uh, what a final four in the AFC. Absolutely. And look, I mean, in the NFC, it's it's fantastic as well, I think. I mean, Packers 49ers is really interesting. It's almost the carbon copy of the AFC side of Houston-Baltimore. It's like this young team can't possibly go and win in Baltimore. And it's the same thing that, you're, that people are going to say about the Packers. You know, they can't possibly go and – uh, and beat the 49ers in, in San Fran. But, I mean, look, they, they absolutely might. And uh, in Detroit, uh, you know, I mean, it's – I mean, they're now everybody's fan favorite. So it's going to be a lot of fun seeing what they end up doing, whether it's, a, you know, the Eagles or, or Tampa Bay. Who are you guys pulling for in Eagles Bucks? Um, my wife told me we've got to pull for the Eagles. Really? She said we have no choice because she said every family member she knows is Bucks or Bucks fans. And after the Jags lost, we're going to have to hear it. So by, oh. I think by law, we have to pull for the Eagles. I, That's I, right, because you guys were down there. 50 when, people at the Christmas Eve party. Right. Me and Suzanne and 48 Bucks fans. And they that were kind of rowdy. Was, that yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. About, fantastic. I told okay, you. So, so you're, when I walked in, it was pity. Yeah. It was pity. the Jag- And I got all my Jaguar gear on because I right. came right from the game. So, so, so it, was, it was pity at first. I, I'm, I'm teasing. I got a wonderful family. But uh, I'm rooting for the Eagles. I'm definitely rooting for the Bucks. I am yeah. too. I'm for the and by the way, NFL Live is at one of the two playoff games. Shockingly, they're at the Tampa Bay game, not the Buffalo game. <laughs> I don't blame. They've got I, palm I mean, trees and sunshine. I will say that's been an ordeal. Our good friend Ryan O'Halloran lives up there. He's obviously covering the game, and to you know see his texts over the last two or three days. I mean, it has been brutal. Yeah, they could have never played a game. Yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't. They barely are able to play it today at four. But I mean, I would love to see him try. Though. I mean, some of the wind he was texting us. Ugh. I mean, it is. I wanted to see him try. It is awful. I wanted to see him try yesterday, didn't you? I, I wanted to see it. Well, well we I were mean, robbed of our one p.m. game. That was that the was only the, frustrating. Well, part. that's why you go play golf, bro. <laughs> right. I mean, you get out, you get your golf cart, you go or play you golf. Rewatch Gators, Arkansas. <laughs> is that what you <laughs> or did? The, or there's that exactly right. Let's uh, take a break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about the defensive coordinator job with the Jags. How long might it take? What might they do? Are there any trends developing based on who they're interviewing? What we know, at least, about who they're interviewing. All that and more. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. It is a Best Bet Monday here on The Frangie Show. Frank Frangie Hayes, Carlisle, and RJ Saunders. I am Lauren Brooks. You just heard in Gibby's update talking about the Jaguars defensive coordinator position that remains open. Wink Martindale will be interviewing today and tomorrow, and then it seems like quite a few others have been asked to be interviewed. 
all have been either coordinators or passing game coordinators so far. Yeah, and I think I've said this all along, and I'll stand by it. I trust whatever they do. I, I again, I, I am far more um, bullish on where the Jags are now than others are. I don't want to tend to be that way, but I, but I, but I am, and I'll get to that in a second. But I will, I will tell you, um, I do hope it's, I hope it's a guy like Wink Martindale, not because I've heard of him. You know, people, we all want people we've heard of. That that you you go around and ask people, but I hope it's a guy that can truly be the head coach of the defense. That Doug Peterson doesn't need to involve himself with it. That I, uh, here's the book on Martindale. Fantastic coach, but crusty guy. And he and, and I think Hayes Day might need that. You know, it is it is a he is a uh, I'm not gonna say screaming to mean. I don't know enough about him to know that, but he is a he is a serious, intense guy. You all know the stories. Uh, uh, the thing in New York fell apart. They say because he shouted at Dayball. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But that's the story. There's also there and there was a story earlier in the year. There was conflict with Dayball. Uh, I'm guessing he at the end of the he he and Harbaugh were good together, but I'm guessing there was conflict there. And John Harbaugh is an easygoing guy as there is. So I hope it's a, whoever it winds up being, Leslie Frazier, or or Wink Martindale, or Shane Bowen, or I hope it's a guy that has been a defensive coordinator in the league. I don't care about three four versus four three. I don't care if he's a blitz guy or a sit back guy. I don't care if he's a man guy or a zone guy. But I hope it's a guy that has been a defensive coordinator in the NFL. I'm really hopeful. And it looks like that's where we're headed. Yeah, I think so. It's where they need to head because of what you're saying. Um, Doug Peterson has to be embarrassed by how this team played over this 18-game stretch. Uh, And the the reason is simple. This team never hit its peak. Well, that's embarrassing. If you're the head coach of a team with all this talent, and we can all safely say – that this team never hit its peak at any point in the season, that's embarrassing. And I think a large part of that was the lack of attention to detail. And it was on both sides of the ball. Uh, but I think if, if you're Doug Peterson, how do you go about fixing that? Well, you fix it by really honing in on what your expertise is, which for Doug is the offensive side of the ball, and hiring a defensive coordinator that's done it for a really long time and somebody that you can – turn it fully over to and trust that they're going to produce the the maximum results. So uh, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. I, I think Doug wanted to go broader last year after his first year. It was like, okay, well now I want to, I want press to handle all the play calling because I want to be more able to, to have a, a macro look at everything. Well, that didn't work. I mean, Doug may just not be good at that. I mean, it's because they weren't well coached. I mean, start to finish. There, it's it's hard to say that this was even a satisfactory job coaching this team with the talent that they had. And so, I think in looking at it, it's like, okay, well, how do you fix that? You fix that by, you know, doing the opposite. The opposite would be Doug really honing in on the offense and Trevor, uh, and and uh, in, in allowing the defense to be coached by an experienced coordinator. So, yeah, I'm all for. Wink Martindale. I mean, I love the game show host, and if he's oh as, the game show, if, he's, if, he's if we half could as good get if we could get the game show host, yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean, if Gene Rayburn's not available, right. he's the guy. Yeah, crying out loud. And so I'm, yeah, I'd be, I'd be thrilled with uh, with Martindale if he's the hire. The game show host is ninety years old. I know. Way. Well, I, again, Young if he's available, okay. yeah, I think it, this search. It's interesting that 
in the past, I feel like Doug Peterson has tended to lean on guys that he's worked with before. And all the names that we're reading and, and that are being reported are not names that he has relationships with or, or previous coaching experience with. So I think that's also good news as far as him deciding that he doesn't have to know the person in order to bring them in as long as they're really good on that side of the ball. I think this, and I'll stand by this, we're all mad at him for losing and everyone's mad and, and this is terrible and that's terrible and this was bad and that was bad. In the 24 years they've had a team since the turn of the century, they have had six winning seasons, six in 24 years. Now, they had three right out of the gate with Coughlin before the turn of the century. But since, since, since the century turn, there's been 24 seasons. They've had six winning seasons. Doug Peterson's had two of them. He's had two, 33% of the winning seasons, even though he's only been the coach of the team two years. Obviously, he knows what he's doing. They, they had a bad month and a half, and they were lousy in that month and a half, and they let their dreams get away because of that. There's no denying that. It was an awful, it was an awful six weeks for a, for a, a myriad of reasons. But I like where, they are, where they're going to be. I'll say it again. I like their quarterback room, their running back room, their receiver room, their linebacker room, their secondary. I like all those rooms. I think their special teams are going to be good. Uh, the biggest concerns I have with this football team, you've got to get better at both lines of scrimmage on the interior of those lines. And I thought at the end of the day, that was their undoing. That's my opinion. That's, what, that's how they fell apart. So step one, and, it, and by the way, the defense at the end, well, even though it carried them early on, struggled. So bring in one guy that is in charge of the defense. And, and I think to that end, whoever that is, whether it's Wink Martindale or Shane Bowen or Leslie Frazier or somebody we haven't even mentioned, it's going to be a guy that I think has something to say about which defensive linemen or which players they draft. I mean, the reality is this year their first three draft picks were offensive guys. I don't know if Mike Caldwell, and I don't know that he didn't, I don't want to misrepresent this, but I don't know that he had the clout in the room to pound the table and say, let's go get a defensive guy. Their first three guys were an offensive tackle, a tight end, and a running back. That's the first three guys they drafted. I would think if a Wink Martindale gets in there or if a Leslie Frazier gets in there, I mean, a veteran that's been around the league, he's got the clout to pound the table in the war room, the team room, whatever they call it these days, and say, I sure like that uh, 312-pound two-gap guy from Tennessee Chattanooga. You know, I, you know what I mean? I, I, think, I think there's – I think presence – and again, Mike Caldwell's a really nice guy, and I think he's a good football coach. But I don't know that I'm convinced, and I don't know that he wasn't, but that he had the convince that he could pound the table and say, "No, we got to go get that. We got to go get that defensive tackle." So he certainly didn't have it in free agency because there were tons of guys out there. I don't know about the draft, but there yeah, were tons yeah. of guys out there that he could have. It doesn't seem like it does. To be it brought does, in, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Whether whether he agreed or not, it doesn't seem like there was a defensive voice pounding the table saying, "Let's go get this guy." And and again, I'll, I'll say it again. I that you fix. If all of a sudden you get a really good defensive tackle or two and a really good center guard or two, I'll, I think it's a pretty damn good football team. I, I, I do. I, I, I believe it's a team. It is a team that won seven out of eight games at one point. That, that's not a mirage. It happened. They did. They had, again, they've had six winning seasons out of 24 since the turn of the century, and two of them have been this last two teams. I think Trevor Lawrence is a really good quarterback. He did not have a good year. For a myriad of reasons. I don't think he was protected. I don't think he was healthy. And I don't think he played well. But I think he's a really good player. And I, and I, and I got 16. I, I'm good with 16. So 
It's hard to play well when you're not protected and you're not healthy. Yeah, not protected and wasn't healthy. And by the way, and played badly. And there, there's some some mistakes he made that he would tell you that uh, were because he played bad. He made some bad choices. His instincts have to get better. When to check to a quarterback sneak. When to throw the ball in the field to play. I, he, his instincts have to be. He's got. A, he's still a young guy, but his instincts have to con- continue to get better. But he was not healthy and he was not protected. And I don't think he had the be- the, the benefit of a very good running game. I, Travis Etienne, I think, is a really good player. Christian Kirk's a really good player. Evan Ingram's a really good player. Zay Jones is a is a pretty good player. Uh, Calvin Ridley, if he's back, you know, I again, I like the pieces. I I, I like the pieces where they are. You got to get better in the interior, but get a, a a head coach of the defense who has got some say in the room, who has got. I, I want. I would like my defensive guys to be a little bit fearful of a guy. You know what I mean? Not physically fearful, but a little bit fearful of. I'm worried about that guy yelling at me a little bit. I, I think the culture is so good, and Doug's built a, a respectful, professional business culture down there, and I like it. But I wouldn't mind one guy being in there that's the guy, that, the, 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 a little bit of a screamer. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. I like the fact that it's guys that have done it. I do get the sense it's a defensive guy that's going to be head coach of the defense, turn it over to the defense and let him have it. That's what I hope, and that's what I think. So we'll see. All right, more NFL talk coming up, bottom of the hour. Steelers and Bills will play while we're on the air. We'll certainly talk about that. We'll get back to it on a lot of NFL this time as well. I do want to remind you it's a Best Bet Monday, always a Best Bet Monday. The Best Bet Winter Open Satellites continue this week. $100 no-limit hold'em satellites into event number one. And then coming up in two days on Wednesday, you can catch the $280 uh, no-limit hold'em mega satellite into that Winter Open main event. Ten seats are guaranteed at 7 p.m. M. So we thank our friends for the best bet. Always the best bet Monday around here. I want to talk portal and more when we continue. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. I love this song, RJ. So while all is not going well in the football world around here, at least we've got some Van Morrison to get us through. All right, looking at the on three transfer portal rankings, we have talked about this a couple times because of the disparity between the school in Florida in Tallahassee and the school in Florida in Gainesville. So the portal rankings as of now go like this, Frank, Louisville 1, Colorado 2, Ole Miss 3, Florida State 4, South Carolina 5. If you are looking for the University of Florida, you literally have to click on the tab that says load more because they are not in the top 50. They come in at 58th in the portal rankings. I don't know how accurate portal rankings are. It's obviously a new thing. On three does it. And a lot of it is volume. I mean, one of the reasons Louisville is first is they've got 22 players coming in. I mean, Colorado's Louisville and Colorado both have 22 players coming in, which is why they're high, so I get it. Florida's 58th haze. Now, listen, I, I know it might not be totally accurate, but and I, and I have not been on this fire Billy train that everybody else is on. He's only been there two years. I think he inherited a mess. I think he is building culture and blah, 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 and I think he'll be a good recruiter in time. I think if he, if he earns his fourth year, he's going to be pretty good. But we all know it's a brutal schedule. 
he returns a team that only won five games. And you have to win nowadays with a 22 or 23-year-old core. You can't win with 18 and 19. We all know that. We've watched Michigan, all those 23-year-old offensive linemen in Georgia and Alabama and all these old veteran guys, and we all know that now. And so I am astounded that Florida, when it needed that portal the most, is 58. There's 65 FBS teams. There's 65. They're 58th. I just did the math. I'm a public school guy. That's like there's seven from the bottom. Did you know that's how close that was? It's seven from the bottom. You're, impressive. you're a Bulls guy. I know. I did it off the top of my head. The, uh, but I, I, you're 50. I mean, they have, if they don't get more good players than they already have, he has no chance to win more than four or five games next year, and then he's fired. And so I think I would be taking – I think I would have by now had 15 to 18 players, even if you're not getting great ones. And they continue to get beat by the old misses of the world for all these guys. FSU's having a great portal year again. They've got the ranked fourth. And it, this isn't about how many guys are leaving. People who Florida lost 24 guys. Well, they're all losing. Louisville lost 21. FSU lost 20. Everybody's lo- everybody loses a bunch of guys. In, in the portal, anybody at the bottom of that 85 is leaving. So – and, and and even though Florida's lost some good players, ETN and Princely and some others, they're not the only team losing good players. But I, I can't imagine I would have had fifteen or eighteen guys now, even if it's even if it's guys that aren't great. You never know. The South Alabama guy that just went to Ole Miss, Florida really wanted him. His name's Yams. I like I like Yams. How does Florida not get Yam? How know. do you lose Yam to Ole Miss? Yam went to Ole Miss. Ole Miss gets, I mean, why? Again, they must have something really well, going on there. I mean, well, yeah, they have something going on. It's called they they're are going to compete for a playoff spot. I, I don't know why anyone would go to Florida. I, I, mean, I mean, why would you go to Florida if you've got like one more yeah, year of college football? Nebraska has six players coming in. They have two fewer than Florida, and they're ranked 18th in this thing. So okay. your your transfers out and the rating of the players leaving does factor into your overall ranking. Okay, so if so you lose Florida's too many good, good players. players leaving does significantly hurt them in the portal. Rankings. I got you. Okay, I didn't know that. So okay, so does this make you feel better? <laughs> Florida is ahead in these rankings. Yes, of who? Of Clemson. Okay. Alabama, Georgia. Okay. Does that make you feel better? No. <laughs> okay, because we all know why they're at the bottom. They don't need that. They don't need them, you know. So I mean, and I am surprised a, Clemson a, is taking no one out yeah. of the portal. You, you that he what? is Zero. doubling, it's, tripling yeah. down it, on. Well, I will not embrace the portal. And what's always going to help him? I mean, I have no idea why yeah. Alabama didn't call him. Yeah, right. The the what's always going to help him is the fact that he recruits so many good high school players in a league that doesn't. So he, he he's recruiting real. He's getting four and five star high school guys, and he's playing in a league that other than FSU is not going to get those. So that'll always keep him afloat. I still think if you don't do a better job in the portal, they're never going to get back to being what Clemson was four or five years ago. But but that but he's got that advantage. So I, I just I mean to me, I am just beside myself that Florida hasn't. I mean and again. Again, I, I'm not anti-Billy. I don't want to see him get fired. I don't think they should fire him now. I don't think they should have fired him before, and, and I hope he makes it to his fourth year. But at some point, logic's got to tell you 
We saw these players play last year. We saw Jamari Lyons and Des Watson. We saw them. We, we know how good they are. We know that the handful of good players they had, Ricky Pearsall's gone. Uh, Travis Etienne's or Trevor Etienne's gone. Princely's gone. Uh, there's a handful left. Now, there's, I think there are some good freshmen coming in, but you can't win like that. I, I thought by now he'd have 14 or 15 guys. I didn't think it'd be guys we knew. I thought it would be the 6'7", 312-pound starting right tackle from Colorado State that's better than people think. Did, didn't you think there'd be 15 of that? Of that? Uh, again, I didn't think Alabama's starting linebacker was going there. I did think New Mexico's starting left guard would be going there, and, and there's not many of them. I didn't think he would lose core players. So that losing ETN and Umama Lan or uh, Princely uh, <laughs> is, uh, you know, that, that was phenomenal, yeah, by the way. But please continue. That was, uh, that really stung. You know, if uh, it's one thing if, if, you know, Princely decides to go into the draft to, you. You know, to go to a school that I, uh, and continue his college career. Like, that's what I think was so damaging. I really don't think you need to be too worried about these rankings because of sort of what Lauren was saying. I, I think it's the way that they're structured was going to hurt Florida in the sense that you knew he was going to have at least 20 guys leave. We talked about that. They only had like five seniors on the team. And so even when the class started to to lose players, they still were going to bring in way more true freshmen than they had spots for. So they were always going to have to lose 20 guys to the portal. Yeah, now, the they lost two, at least two, and you can make the case, you know, that the Scooby Hill that went to A&M and, yeah, that the, the, there were some other right, good guys. Right. But there were two definite, two of their best five players. Best offensive player, best defensive player. Left. Yeah. 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 And so that's where I think it's it's so devastating for, for Florida is because that, to me, it, it – that that action speaks so loudly, and it speaks to two of your leaders, two of your best players, believe that nothing good is going to happen this year. That they've got to get out and go somewhere else to uh, to you know have the most fulfilling collegiate experience they can have, and that's sad. I mean, that's a sad state of affairs for where the Gators are under Billy Napier, and so I'm not overly bothered by this these rankings. But, you know, we talked about it in terms of the additions. The additions needed to be, oh, wow, Florida got him and Florida got him. And, and I mean, that really hasn't happened. What, they got the, the Penn defensive tackle that everybody wanted initially in, in December. And you hoped that that would sort of propel them to winning four or five of those battles. But that was really the only one of consequence that they've won. So, yeah, I mean, it's hard. Like, I, I'm not bothered by Richie Leonard transferring to Florida State. I think he's I'm, woeful. So, I mean, I, I'm frankly surprised Florida State took him. Now, I, we were, you know, joking with Matt Hayes about it. If, if Richie Leonard turns into a great player at FSU, well, then that's just another right, exhibit yeah. over how Florida has the wrong guy. Because yeah, yeah, my, my opinion is Richie Leonard right. is at best a rotational yeah. reserve at FSU. I don't think he's a very good player, and I think – I, I can live with the 24 that left, including Etienne and Princely and Scooby and Jaden, and I don't want that. But I understand that when you had a bad team, you don't look like you're necessarily going to have a better team. You have one more. I mean, 
Trevor Etienne, Gator fan isn't going to like this, but listen, Trevor Etienne wants to get to the league. He wants to have a good year. He wants to play behind Georgia's line, not Florida's awful line. I kind of get it. I, I don't like it. I, this isn't 1974 when you were be true to your school. That day's over, man. You know, so so I I, I understand people. I don't like it. I'm not pro, I'm not a, a proponent of it, but I understand it. So if Princely left and 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 Etienne left and and but you can't control that. You can't control it today. You might could have controlled it before, but you can't control it today. What you can control is how many you're bringing in. But if Ole Miss is recruiting against you in this transfer portal and they went 11-2 and two and just walloped Penn State, I just don't know why you don't follow the siren song of Lane Kiffin over Florida. To the same point as yeah. to why players are leaving, the yeah. same point as to why they wouldn't want to go there. But if Yam goes to Ole Miss, which is crap. Yeah, Yam Banks, the defensive <laughs> okay. back. Okay. There's got to be another yam. He's not a sweet potato casserole. Can sweet potato come to Florida? I guess. But my again, point why is, would you go is, choose Florida over Ole Miss? The but, same reason Trevor Etienne no, no, wants to I, play for Georgia. We lo- Yam's gone. I'm not, I'm not asking him to choose Ole. Miss. I'm talking get the next guy. That's my point. I'm not saying Yam. Get the next guy. Right, and the if, next guy. And the next guy. If How better many schools are, are in competition for those guys with you, Florida's going to lose more often than not. I guess, but are the I mean. Are they going to lose to Louisville and Colorado and 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 Cal? I mean, aren't there more guys? Are we out? Is the portal dry? Are we done? Is there nobody left in the portal? Or is it out? Is yeah, it, I think is, the portal is pretty. Unless you're Alabama or Washington, right. the portal's open for those players at those schools. No, no, no. But, no, but my point is, Arizona. There's, there's tons of players still in it. There's still the players in the portal. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Why and, can't? Why do? Why does Florida only have eight guys? That my question. Well, you got to evaluate them. You know. We all know if there's one criticism that we all agree, and I, and I like Napier, but one criticism, he takes too long to evaluate the portal. Right. And people close to him have told well, me that. Well, this is the other. That's my point. I think problem with Billy Napier, but also, you know, whether you view it as a problem or not, I think it's it's. I don't think Billy Napier feels like they're eons away from being good. Correct. I mean, which is look, probably uh, naive. Yeah. And but I think Billy Napier probably believes that yeah, we need some help in I agree the portal. With that. But, you know, we were an eyelash away from winning games. And let me tell you, we're close and, you know, we're building it the right way. And the young freshmen that I had last year are now going to be sophomores and seasoned and they're going to take a really big step. So I think we view it as Florida needs a ton of help. I don't know that the head coach sees it as they need a ton of help. They need help at some spots. But I don't think he views it as, well, I've got to change over the entire roster. And and I think that's a – I think you're dead on. I think that's a good assessment of that, and I understand that. And if it's me, last year I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I said, in in terms of how good he thought his team would be, you remember we had him at SEC media days, and he it was very. He sat right next to me. He said, "Listen, I think I know some things other people don't know." Remember that conversation? He said, "I think our two defensive tackles will be the the most physical, athletic two, a defensive best tack, defensive tackle combination in the country." Um, he, he was right about his quarterback. He, his quarterback did turn out to be damn good. But the rest of the team, he th- I, I, guys like Shane Matthews and me went into the season thinking they could get to eight or nine wins because he because the coach was so convinced of that. So now to your point, Hayes, if he's convinced again, I'm not sure. Because if it's the guys I saw play last year, if it's, if it's I mean, I saw them last year. And, and Cam Jackson and Caleb Banks and Des Watson and, Jabari Lyons, who are going to be his front four guys, aren't great players. They're not. Maybe Justice Boone, who who they lost, will be good. 
I think Cersei. I doubt it coming off an ACL. You would right. It's an ACL. Cersei and Kelby Collins might be pretty good. I think they'll be pretty good players, but they're they're still second year guys. You know, I just so I just find myself thinking. I really thought by now, honest to God, I thought Florida Florida Florida's got nine guys that transferred in. I would have guessed by now that number would have been between fifteen and eighteen, and I and I I, I would that's what it's volume that that's got me. I think volume has a lot to do with them being fifty eighth. And the volumes look has me concerned. Well, then, in addition to being not a great day game coach, you're worried about his talent evaluation. And that, to me, is probably even worse than making the wrong decisions about timeouts and having special teams issues. Yeah, and, if and your head coach can't evaluate talent properly, you're in deep trouble. And I think – you know what I think it is, Lauren? I think it's more than that. I don't, I don't think it's – I think he probably ha- – he probably does have a good eye for talent. But – Part of having an eye for talent, to Hayes' point a minute ago, is knowing where you are. Um, you may see a player, eh, you know what, I don't think he's right for us. Well, maybe he's not right for LSU or Alabama or Georgia, but he'd be right for you. I think that's that, – you know what I mean? I think that's where the evaluation part comes in, is not just evaluating how good the player is, but evaluating your current team and would he is, is he not good enough for your current team. He might not be good enough for – a really good Clemson team where he used to coach or a really good Alabama team where he used to coach. But it might be a guy he needs to be taking. And I, and I guess, I, again, it, the number is he's got nine guys. And so I uh, – and, and, look, this is a fun list. All these things are always and you, who fun knows as a sports fan. Right. But are, are we really going to put a lot of stock in something where Louisville's first? Yeah. It, it, no, no, I, I mean, I'm you. serious. Like, well, well, Louisville's look, first in this thing. Yeah. So, so why would I take this thing seriously at all here, as a metric well, of, here, and, I mean – Well, here's my t- – well, then, then let me – you're right. Good point. So let me let me change my thought a little bit. Forget this ranking. Okay. He's got eight guys coming in, and I know his roster. And I can't imagine that if he doesn't add to that roster more than eight guys against that schedule, he's got no chance. I guess that's my point. Who's catching the ball? I mean, Trey well, I Wilson. Mean, I, I, I mean, I'm with I mean, you on that. I mean, Trey, Trey Wilson. I mean, I, I would expect they got the, hopefully the guy from Wisconsin is good. I mean, who who who's blocking in the interior? Jake Slaughter. St- Hayes Carline gives Jake Slaughter the swim move, okay? I don't think he can. I don't. Carline and Slaughter, who are you taking right now? Who are you taking? Mm, I'm taking Carline. I'm taking, I don't close. even have to think twice about it. I'm getting low. I can Car- tell you yeah, that. that but I'm, so, but I mean, I, I want It's my only chance. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, realistically, who's playing center? Is it this guy Kearney from, from Orange Park, maybe? I mean, because he's a great prospect, but then he'd be a first year player. Right. That's my point. I'd, you know what? You know who I want the center to be? Let me tell you who I want the center to be. I want the center to be. Twenty-six years old, the fourth-year guy from UTEP yeah. that I've never heard of. That's six-three and a half, three-twelve, and has started twenty-seven games at UTEP. That's who I want the center to be. Right. That's the and and I don't think that guy's there. That's my point. Yeah, I mean, in in looking at it, I mean, it's 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 hard to get overly excited about where they are. I mean, he's got sixteen offensive linemen on scholarship, but again, it just it seems like a lot of this is. The incoming class, which it's just a fool's errand to expect that any of those guys are going to be amazing in the trenches in year one, and it's it's guys that just haven't really, I mean, proven they can do much. I mean, now maybe it, are you moving George and Waits inside, and is you know now may, you know maybe maybe I because he's got a couple tackles in the yeah, transfer portal. Yeah, 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 he's got that's right. So and maybe these guys will turn out to maybe the maybe the few he picked will turn out to be good. Let me tell you the receivers next year. Let me see your starting receivers. Trey Wilson is a very good player, okay? The dude from Wisconsin who – he was at Wisconsin. 
Now, who knows how good he is? Um, Gene and Mizell, who were not good enough to get on the field last year when they didn't have any receivers. Right. I mean, that, that, I mean, when Caleb Douglas was hurt and they had two guys, those two guys were not good enough to beat out Khalil Jackson. And then so, you got two incoming freshmen, Hawkins and Abrams, right. but they're more speed guys. It's yeah. hard to believe they're going to be able to really help you when it's like third and seven yeah. and you need to move the chains. We'll take a break. We'll see what happens with the portal, but I'm very surprised it's only eight guys so far. More in a moment. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. Watching the sun All of those tourists covered with oil. Still can't believe he's gone. This doesn't seem right, does it? No, not at all. Uh, we went to dinner with uh, some friends on Saturday night, and my buddy is a diehard parrothead. I mean, he is a parrothead of all parrot. He's he's to Buffett what I am to Springsteen. And um, and uh, he said uh, he told a story that he has a buddy that he and one of his best friends is also a big Buffett fan. He said, uh, he called, he said, he, he called my buddy Rick and said, hey, we lost, we lost Jimmy. Rick said he thought, he really thought he was like in a dream. It was like, 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 like we weren't even talking. Like he had a, he had a shit, he just woke it up. So, uh, so Jimmy Buffett, on. so, uh, always good to hear Jimmy Buffett on the program. All right, I want to go back to the carousel for a second. Um, Harbaugh to the Chargers, is that, you know, is that a automatic in your mind? They finally talked to him. It's not automatic because the Chargers are capable of, of messing, messing this up, up but yeah. it, I would put it at 85% that Harbaugh will be the coach of the Chargers. So then, By the way, Peter King, even though we always talk about how the Spanos family doesn't have money, or at least they're cheaper owners, he said he wouldn't be surprised if Spanos did at least come up with big money for Harbaugh. Yeah, I, I think now Harbaugh's the hottest thing going. There, there, there's, there's no question. He's the one that anybody would want to hire now. And... If ever the Chargers, to your point about Peter King writing about the, the Spanos family, if ever you were going to spend the money, if, if it ever was going to happen, this would – you have no choice anymore. You move from San Diego because they wouldn't build you a stadium. You're, the, you're, the, you're an afterthought compared to the Rams and the Dodgers and the Lakers. Hell, probably the Angels. You know, you're, you're, you're an afterthought in, in, your own, in your own market, albeit a big market. You're you're not gonna have the quarterback forever. You know he's not he's not forever gonna be there. I um, I mean if and now Harbaugh because you have the quarterback Hayes Harbaugh probably wants the job. If ever you were going to 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 do something you haven't done before, I mean the Chargers are the the Chargers have some good history. The char I mean you think about it, the Chargers have some good history. The Chargers, if you think about it, I mean they had Dan Fouts and Air Coriel. They had John Hadle and, and, and Lance Allworth back in the day. They had Phillip Rivers, who had some special years, if not in the postseason. But this is about – I mean, you're about on the – if ever you had to do something, now would have to be the time. Yeah, and, and again, Jim Harbaugh is only leaving for something special. I mean, he just won the national title. He has Michigan absolutely rolling. They're dominating Ohio State. And you can say, well, yeah, but NIL, and it's time to get out. And I don't think so. When when you have it, I don't think when you have it rolling in college football, 
it's all that hard. I think NIL, I think it actually helps you. I, the re-recruiting of your roster, I think all that helps you uh, when you're winning. I think if you're, if you're struggling, it's harder to close the gap. So he's only leaving his alma mater where he just won the national title at for a once-in-a-10-year NFL job, and that would be the Chargers, particularly if ownership is willing to A, pay you what you're worth, and B, is willing to basically cede power to him, which I have to think they will. Uh, because of what you walk into. You walk into a quarterback situation where you don't have to worry about that. If Assuming Justin Herbert doesn't retire early, uh, you don't have to worry about that for a minimum of seven years and maybe as many as 15. So uh, it, it makes sense that it would be the Chargers. And again, I think Harbaugh saw this coming as pretty much the entire planet did for a year, that Brandon Staley was a bad coach and the Chargers would eventually realize that, and they would underachieve again, and that that job would be open with Justin Herbert just getting ready to enter what should be the prime of his career. And so I, I think it lines up. Now, I, again, because of the Chargers, to me it's, it's not a done deal until it's a done deal, but I, to me they'd have to blow it, uh, for it for it not to be Jim Harbaugh coaching the Chargers next year. Yeah, I tend to agree, especially like you said, if they'll pay him. I mean, you walk into a situation where they're just a couple pieces away from being able to win big, and I do think their head coach in the past held them back with all the terrible decisions that he made. Yeah, so uh, and so Harbaugh's not going to do that. So let's assume it is him. Um, I will say now, Belichick to the Cowboys seems to make sense. He's close to Jerry Jones. He's close to Stephen Jones. I keep saying Belichick's not going to do it again. He's going to retire but I'm the only person in the planet that thinks that, so I'm probably wrong. Um, I never could find a job where Belichick to fill in the blank made sense. I know people said the Falcons. I could never, I could never find one that made sense for me. Uh, I, for whatever reason, I just didn't think he was headed to the Chargers. I just, I just never felt that, and I still think Harbaugh's going to go there. But now Belichick to the Cowboys does feel like it makes sense, doesn't it? If if they do fire Mike McCarthy, which is what people expect, Belichick there, older veteran guy, coach. I mean, look, Jerry Jones is eighty one, you know, twenty eight straight years, without without a title. Um, yeah, I I do think now that's the one that feels like it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think Belichick would really embrace the chance to coach Micah Parsons and all the things, the versatility that that you know he brings and. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Again, you don't you don't need to go get a quarterback. Dak Prescott had a, a really good year up until yesterday, and so I I think uh, I think Belichick would view that job very favorably, and I do think Dallas would have a mutual. How could you not? I mean, the, he's, it's Bill Belichick, six rings. He's been to nine Super Bowls. Uh, if he still wants to do it. Uh, then absolutely he moves to the top of the list. And so, you know, I, I think it, it, it makes all the sense in the world for it to be Dallas. Uh, but I, I think he could, if for whatever reason, and I don't think they will, but if Dallas doesn't come open, I think Belichick is coaching next year, whether it's Washington, Atlanta, you know, somewhere. I, I'd be shocked if this is it for Belichick. We're about to watch Steelers' bills. There's uncertainty surrounding Mike Tomlin. If Mike Tomlin is not the Bill, or sorry, is not the Steelers coach next season, does it feel like Mike Rabel then to the Steelers? 
it would be a great hire. Yeah, yeah. The, the only downside is you're kind of getting the same guy. I, I wouldn't want Tomlin to leave. Yeah, yeah. But if yeah. he retired or right. something, yeah. then, yeah. 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 I mean, and Mike Vrabel would be excellent. You're kind of getting – right. They're two good dudes. It's almost kind of the same – the only concern is it's the same guy. We do, A lot of times people want a different guy. I don't think Vrabel – I don't think Tomlin's going anywhere. And I think Vrabel's a really good coach too, so I think he's going to wind up with one of these jobs. Again, we can we, – we tried to uh, match him the other day. I think – Vrabel gets the job, and again, I I, I keep saying Belichick's not going to coach again, and it is what I think, but but I'm the only one that thinks it, so he probably is going to coach again. Uh, and if it does wind up being the Cowboys, uh, yeah, I think Vrabel becomes if Harbaugh goes to the Chargers and Belichick goes to the Cowboys, I think Mike Vrabel is the next best coach available. And I think and I and I, I still think the Commanders' job is a really good job. I, that that one seems to be, but we'll see, we'll see. And 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 I think Bobby Slowick's going to Nashville. Uh, my gut tells me Bobby Slowick's going to be the Titans coach. He's been in the division. It lines up really it well. It really lines up well. So I, that that is that's my guess. So it'll be interesting to see the way this whole, whole You think thing. Pete Carroll gets any? I mean, I he made think, it clear that he wanted to keep coaching. Yeah, I, for whatever reason I don't see that. I don't see someone hiring Pete Carroll as the head coach. Yeah, I thought he did a good job post I, Russell Wilson. I, I thought mean, so, I thought he's a good coach. I don't know why his seventy-two feels like it's it's the end of the road, which is weird. Because he's, he's so younger young. looking. I know, yeah. I know. I might be wrong. It might be just well, no. I no one's talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. So uh, it feels like. Yeah, I don't see him. I don't see him taking over a job. I I, I just don't. So so we'll see. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll update you on a uh, uh, Steelers Bills that's getting ready. By the way, it's sunny now in Buffalo. The snow's still everywhere, but it, it looks like a packed house and it's sunny. Apparently, the league just said sit wherever you want. Yeah, yeah. No, they had no. No seats. Well, you know what? They all came and did because it certainly looks packed there, doesn't it? Understand it, now. Except for the snow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'll be curious seats. if they show us, like, the aerial. I saw I, it a minute ago. There it is. Yeah, yeah it's pretty full. Look, it's pretty full. I mean, bad, today yeah. is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, so the good news is I think a lot of people had the day off. Yeah, it's pretty full. It's pretty full. And the, We're uh, underway. And, uh, yeah, so we'll update you. They, they just kicked off. The Steelers are running back the kick, so we will take a break. We'll update you on Steelers' bills. We'll talk a little bit about college basketball, including the Rumble. And, and uh, something to share about the walk-off charities uh, coming up in just a bit. Some uh, announcements to come uh, involving walk-offs, the jumbo shrimp, and some of the stuff going on here in town. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Best Bet Monday on The Frangie Show with fantastic locations in Jacksonville, Orange Park, and now in St. Augustine. It's Best Bet. We are watching the Steelers take on the Bills up in Buffalo 0-0 now, but we will keep you updated with all the pertinent information. Josh Allen and the Bills get the ball for the first time today. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, RJ Saunders, I'm Lauren Brooks. All right, Frank, walk-off charities. I've seen... Some stuff on social yeah. media. What's the latest? There's two things to report. First of all, the city is building a facility that walk-off is honored and humbled to run, and it's a, it's a gorgeous new baseball facility, the likes of which has never been in town. Three ba- You guys have both been out there. Two, three baseball fields, all artificial turf, which we've never had in Jacksonville. Um, one full-size field uh, designed very similar to our San Susi field, 315 down the line, 350 to center. It's a high school field in 18U, and then two smaller fields for softball and for for youth baseball it's a gorgeous new facility at the fort family regional park which is on on the south side part of town near near um south side, near i-295 bay meadows gate in that area um and, and when we're we've we've 
it's been about a three-year project, and we're very excited about it. The two things to, to, to announce as part of that, and it will open shortly, I think there's a ribbon cutting February 23rd. Uh, Mayor Deegan will be there among other dignitaries, and we're, we're, we're blessed to be part of that. But as part of the J- Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp's Black History Month celebration, the Jumbo Shrimp are taking their historic high school heritage game to this park. So we'll be able to host that. It's Rains Plays Rebalt uh, in a heritage game. It'll be at 11 a.m. Um, on Thursday the 15th. That'll be during our, our Walk-Off Charities High School Baseball Tournament, which we'll be out there for because the, the tournament will be at the new facility. But we are really excited. Um, as you know, you've heard me talk about this before. You've heard other people talk about it as well. That, that unfortunately, uh, baseball has become expensive. It's become suburban. And that is why baseball is harder than ever to get going in the inner city, which is why we have started walk-off in 2017. We put almost 8,000 kids through our clinic program. Lauren, you're at all the clinics. You know what that's like. Uh, we have our leagues. We have leagues all over town, mostly in the inner city, but some other areas. There's leagues all over that enable children to play for free. And so this is part of it. So we'll have our high school baseball tournament out there. And the folks here at 1010XL, Steve and the company, have been so good to allow us to do our show out there every day. And I, and I never take that for granted. I really appreciate that. That's, 1010 has been a great partner for walk-off charities. And so our show will be out there every day as the high school tournament goes on. We're, we're launching softball this year as well. So there's a baseball tournament and a softball tournament. We'll talk more about that. That'll, the, the teams and all of that will be announced later on this week. But as, uh, as part of all this, this beautiful new facility, one of the things I'm probably proudest of, is we are launching a brand-new free youth league. It's totally free. Um, it's going to be played here. It's from uh, baby ball, we call it, which is three and four years old, t-ball, which is five and six years old, rookie instructional, seven and eight, and then all the way up to 12-year-old baseball, free of charge. Now, look, this is this park is not in the inner city. This park is a mile from Deerwood, okay? So it's not in an underserved area. But it's a free league for anybody in town that wants to play. Totally free on the best fields in town. What we will ask you is if you do have the means, then we'll ask for a donation. I think it's 100 bucks a kid to play. But it's free for anybody that needs it to be free. And it's, uh, it's rec baseball. It's not travel. I think rec baseball is gone, and I think we want to bring it back. So we are really excited about this. And, again, this doesn't do anything to change our free leagues that we already have on the north side, on the west side, on areas of the south side. Those leagues will still be going on near those children's homes. So that hasn't changed any. But we are having a brand-new free league for anybody that wants to play in it. Uh, just go to walkoffcharities.com right now. You can, you'll can you see it. It's on the front of the website. I think, right, Lauren? It, says, it should be on the front of the website. I think it is. You can sign up. Uh, you can register. Uh, we're very excited about it. We want free baseball because we want every child in Jacksonville to have a chance to play baseball, whether you have the means or not. I don't want to go on and on about it, but, but it, it, I want every kid in Jacksonville, every kid to have a chance to play baseball, whether you have the means, that means the uniform, the glove, the equipment, the coaching, the umpires, the baseballs in this gorgeous new field are available to you. And I'm really excited about it. It's one of the most exciting things we've ever done. And, again, we'll continue our leagues all over town. But anybody that's interested in playing in this league can do it, and I'm so excited about it. And it starts this year, this brand-new complex that everybody will see before too long. So the Heritage Game will be there on Thursday. 
Uh, our whole that whole week, the week of the February twelfth, will be our high school tournament, both baseball and softball. Softball for the first time, by the way. Some of these terrific, terrific high school softball teams. People have been begging for softball they, to get involved. They have. They and so they are. And and our uh, our free league starts this spring um, for anybody that wants to play youth baseball, ages three to twelve. Anybody ages three to twelve, come out. And again, if you have the means, donate the hundred bucks. You know, donate for more than one kid if you want. But uh, we're very excited about it. It's exciting. So anyway. By the way, if you go to walkoffcharities.com, yes, on the homepage is where you can register for the free league. But also if you're interested in looking at what the fields uh, now look like, it is super easy. You just go on the website and then click on Fort Family, and you can see the entire overview of all the three fields and, and everything like that. And they are, like you said, absolutely stunning. Yeah, so, so it's cool. So anyway, I wanted to, wanted to share that with you. And thank you for listening and, and your patience on that. I appreciate it very, very much. We're very excited. Again, if you want to play, if you want the, you, the, the, the child in your life to play and cannot afford it, they all play for free if it's walk-off charities. I mean that very sincerely, so we're excited about that. Walkoffcharities.com, that is how you sign up. All right, a couple things, uh, some housekeeping. Uh, Gator basketball. Hayes, who are they? Are they good? By the way, let me update you this game. The, 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 the Steelers went three and out. And the Bills went right down the field and scored. So a quick touchdown for Buffalo. Uh, extra point coming. So I think this will be an easy time for the Bills. Most people think they'll win somewhat easily. They're already off to a one-touchdown lead. The Bills lead Pittsburgh 7 to nothing. The kick goes through. So 7 to nothing Buffalo uh, very early on against the Steelers in this playoff game. Don't forget, Eagles and Bucks are tonight to the Gator basketball team. Are they good? Are they not good? Are they bad? What are they? It, it's hard because every time I think they're bad, they're good, and every time I think they're good, they're bad. Same, so they're same. very, very hard to figure out. But there's some things about this team that absolutely I think you have to love, and I, I commend them for – Arkansas is, is obviously going through some things and trying to figure out who they are, but at some point the Razorbacks are going to figure it out, and they're going to you know go on a run here and – Florida did a nice job making sure it didn't happen on their watch. They surged early and then and then protected from there uh, in winning ninety to sixty eight. I, I think the thing for me on on the whole, you know, without diving into the minutia of the game, Florida is ninth in the country in scoring offense. Right. Now, when you're used to the Mike White era, that is unreal. So even if they kind of underachieve. I love the brand of basketball. I mean, they're fun to watch. They're, I mean, they're basically scoring 86 a game. I mean, they are 86.4 a game. That's unbelievable. When we were used to the six, seven-minute stretches under Mike White of just offensive futility. So from an identity standpoint, I love this team. It's, it's so much more enjoyable to watch. It seems like he and Todd Golden and, and Riley Kugel have gotten on the same page, which is massive. So I look at their ninth in the nation in scoring and their third in the country in offensive rebounding. I mean, if, if, if that can hold, and we're pretty far into the season now, so I don't think it's a fluke. I think it's who they are. I mean, if you can regularly score and you can regularly rebound, yeah, I have to think that it'd be disappointing if they, certainly if they don't make the tournament, but really I think if, even if there's any drama, and, and I get it, they're on the outside looking in right now, but – and, and the schedule's hard, but I have to think that they're going to play at a high enough level uh, to win enough that when Selection Sunday comes, Florida is easily in the field. It's never this black and white. 
But if Riley Kugel plays really well, Florida tends to do really well. If Riley Kugel doesn't really show up, Florida tends to not play well. And so I know he and his head coach, Todd Golden, after the horrific showing at Ole Miss, had a conversation. Golden said, I expect him to play a lot better. He was absolutely right. Kugel gets 20 points. I do think there's something to him coming off the bench. I, I don't think he should be a starter, but him coming off the bench and providing that spark. The other guys, I think, are pretty consistent. Samuel may be a little up and down, but for the most part, pretty, the other ones are consistent. It's Riley Kugel that's been the one that's been all over the place. He's got to – this is such a cliche, such a, such a football or basketball cliche, but he's really got to let the game come to him, not force it. When he gets in trouble, as he tries to do too much, he turns it over left and right, he forces shots. When he doesn't do that, when he relaxes, he's a really he's got NBA athleticism, and he played very well. Yeah, that one dunk was spectacular. Right. But make no mistake about this: the key to that team are those two guards. Poland and Clayton are really good players. <clears throat> they are big time college basketball guards. I mean, Zion Poland's a fantastic player, and and Clayton's a, a streaky scorer. They're the key, and when they're right, they can be very good. Two or three things: number one, they're very good at home. They should have beat Kentucky. They rolled Arkansas. It looks like they're a team that's going to be a very good home team, which is good. You want to be good at home. I think they're going to be a very good home team. Here's the thing. They're going to lose tomorrow night. So they're 11-5. and five. You think? Georgia was very they're, close to beating Tennessee. They're going to lose tomorrow night. Well, they I'll, beat Tennessee last year. Yeah, yeah. I was in Gainesville. Yeah, I, I yeah. can't. Georgia played them really well. Uh, in Athens, I, I, I'm convinced they're not going to win. Oh, we'll okay. see. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. But Tennessee I'm lost to Mississippi State last right. Tuesday. Yeah, I think Florida loses tomorrow night. They're they're 11 and five, one and two. They'll certainly be the underdog. Yeah, yeah that that sure. would make them in my mind 11 and six, one and three. Okay, right. I think they're going to lose the game. Um, now, they play at Missouri on Saturday. They can't lose that That's one a must too. Because if you get to one and four, it's a long way back. Yeah, but Missouri they, is one nineteen in the net, yeah, so, so they're not good. So if you can win, if you can get to twelve and six and two and three, and then the schedule lightens up a little bit, at least as much as the SEC schedule can lighten up, they've got a chance. The problem is the schedule so good it's hard to get any traction. You know, they played Virginia, they played Baylor, they played they, they Michigan lost some games, but they've played a pretty good schedule, and so. The good thing is you get tested. The bad thing is it's hard to get any rhythm. It's hard to get any consistency going when you play a good schedule like that. And bang, right out of the gate, they've got home game against Kentucky, road game against a really good Ole Miss team. I don't care where they are in the net. I watched that game. They were a really good Ole Miss team. Forget what the numbers say. Uh, they played and Ole Miss is ranked in the yeah. AP Top yeah. 25. And they have so a really good team. They're I mean, the humans like right. Ole Miss way more than the yeah. computers do. And they and, were and, ranked ahead. Yeah, like, they yeah. had just lost for the right. first time. That's when they fell out. And if you, my eyeballs like them a yeah. lot more than that net does, too. They have a right. good team. So, so you play Kentucky, a really good ro a road game against a really good Ole Miss team. You come back against Arkansas. Now you got to play a road game against the number fifth-ranked team in the country. And then another road game. It's just a hard, it's a hard schedule to start the season. But if they can find – if they can just stay even for a while, yeah, they have a pretty good team. So it'll be fun to watch. One of the basketball note, the, uh, the the River City Rumble was so good. I will say it was a good battle. Uh, I feel for JU because they're playing without their best player, Bryce Workman, and they've played without him for a long time. Now, he got injured in the Stetson game, I think it was. He hurt his hand, and he hasn't played in a while. Uh, but it was a good battle. Here's what happened. Hayes, you and I were watching it together, and we talked about it. It was an e – JU led most of the first half and led at the half. JU led four or five minutes in. Give Matthew Driscoll credit. JU has typically not been a good shooting team. They're just not a particularly good shooting team under 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 Mincy. Um, UNF went to that zone. It changed the game. UNF UNF went, it was a back and forth game. 
UNF was chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. Hayes, when they went to that zone, the 1-3, it had a 2-3 look, but it was really more of a 1-3-1. One, one. They just, the, the center guy came out some. That zone changed the game and won the game for UNF. Yeah, JU ended up shooting 3 of 14 from the three-point uh, line, and, and yeah, absolutely, I, UNF dared them to, to make them, and they right. couldn't. And, you know, and, and then on the other side, I was really impressed with UNF's patience because we talked about it. They lead the country in three points made a game at 12.6, and they only hit seven. So, you know, if you had said that at, you know, 6.55 a few minutes before tip-off, the Dolphins probably would have been pretty excited at JU going 7 of 18. Well, the problem was UNF was unconscious in the paint and, and, and in the just normal field goal area. They shot 59.6% for the game. So when you're basically 39% shooting the three and 596 for the game, it tells you just how dominant they were and, and how patient and the great ball movement and unselfishness because JU had to guard the three so hard that UNF said, okay, well then we're going to take advantage of, that, of your aggressiveness and we're going to get a lot of easy looks, and they did. I mean, it was amazing how many dunks and layups they had. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely a credit to Matthew Driscoll and UNF, and they're now you know right in the, in the mix of this thing in the A-Sun while JU now 0-3 and really has its work cut out for them. Yeah, and I think Matthew Driscoll knows the value of experience on his team. And Dorian James, he was asked before the season about Dorian James being really good defensively, and, and he countered with, look, he's going to be really good offensively this season. Just watch. And he's grown into a really good offensive player. And, of course, Chaz Lanier has always been good offensively. But, yeah, it was the sixth largest crowd at UNF Arena. It was a great it was crowd. really fun. It was a great crowd. And, it was, and again, it was a great game. I mean, it was, they were dead even until about 16 minutes left when, when UNF went to the zone. And Ju had a tough time with it, but Ju's Ju's scrappy too. I'll be into we'll, we get to see them on Thursday. I'm looking forward to seeing this Ju basketball team in their arena. They're, they've always been a very good. They had to start the season with three road games. I mean, Ju Ju had to go on the road the first three games, and they have been under Jordan Mincy. And if, uh, they, for a while there, they didn't lose at home. Remember, they were undefeated the first mm -hmm. year, and, and really started out that way last year too. So they've been a very good home team under Jordan Mincy. So it'll be fun to watch them uh, come this week. But it was a fun rumble. It's always a fun rumble. I love going to that game. I love both programs. I like both coaches. I like both ADs. Uh, I, I, have, I have such fond and good feelings about both JU and UNF. It sure was fun to be part of the room. We'll take a break. 7-0, uh, the Bills lead the Steelers. Uh, more in a moment. We've got an hour to go, so let's have some football talk after this. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Here, that means it's time for more football. Football! Hut, hut, hut. Football at 5. 5 o'clock somewhere. On the Frangie Show. Have you read about the lonesome loser Beaten by the queen of hearts every time Have you heard about the lonesome loser He's a loser, but he still keeps on trying. One hour to go on the program. Frangie, Carlion, Brooks, R.J. Saunders with you. Do want to thank our friends from The Best Bet. That winter open series at Best Bet Jacksonville happens this month. Starts on the 18th. That's three days from now. Goes all the way through the 29th. Man, they have big time. You'll have a big time out there. You can get to St. Augustine now. They've got a great location right off the interstate there, off 95. 
You know that uh, Best Bet Jacksonville location is on Monument and, of course, in uh, Orange Park. Three fantastic locations. That's right on US 17. Uh, love the Best Bet and our friends from the Best Bet. We certainly do appreciate them very, very much. Are you bringing uh, Bonos today? <laughs> I, I did hear the music. I, yeah. I, I did not. I we should. got Bonos coming? I should. I should yeah. stop by. Uh, I think that was just a, a random uh, song. Oh, is that right, okay. RJ? Something I need to know? Oh, no, I was just, you know, I, I remember it was one of our songs that we played for Old Rock Thursday, yeah, so it came right. into my mind. I said, let's bring it back. You know what? I finished last in the uh, in the uh, picks contest. I should have showed up at barbecue, shouldn't I? Should have nice, been, yeah. I should have been a good guy and done that. By the way, it's a fumble by Pickens. So they did, the they Bills, overruled it. Yeah, the call was overturned. Yeah, okay, the Bills so are going to get the ball. Yeah, there, was an in, there was an incomplete pass. That they were ruled an incomplete pass, but the Bills challenged it, and it's going to be a fumble on Pittsburgh. So the Bills take over at the Pittsburgh 30, already leading 7 to nothing, Ooh. already leading 14 to nothing. As uh, they throw a touchdown pass on the first play. I would think this will be an easy win for the Bills. I, I would, it's looking that way. Yeah, the, uh, they're up 14 nothing here if they make the extra point here. and You would think this is a – the Bills are pretty good. The, yeah. We've said all, all year long how the Steelers wound up in the playoffs. Right. It's as weak a playoff team as I've seen in a long, in a long time. Dalton Kincaid with a touchdown there. No Brenton Strange, <laughs> but he's had a fine year. <laughs> So touchdown, so it's a 14 nothing here, or 13 nothing with the extra point coming uh, for the uh, Bills. Let's kind of reset the NFL thing. Uh, you know the story by now, the gigantic story uh, all over the league. Really, the number one sports story in, in America, honestly, is the, uh, is, is the Dallas Cowboys getting just rolled, rolled at home by the Green Bay Packers, the number two seed Cowboys. They are out. Uh, Mike McCarthy, despite – Having three straight 12-win seasons in the regular season, which is really not easy. He's only won one playoff game. Hayes, there's a bunch of debate about whether or not he's out. You said you'd be shocked if they keep him. I'm not shocked. Uh, but if, it, if you had me, asked me to guess, I would guess that he'll be replaced. And if that's the case, you got to think Bill Belichick would be in play, as everybody has suggested. Yeah, that's the way I would in- anticipate this playing out. It's just really a question of, when does Jerry Jones elect to break the news? Is it tonight? Uh, he's theatrical, as we know. So is it like, is he waiting to see if like the Eagles win tonight to kind of take some of their thunder away? Because uh, that's, again, that's kind of how it operates. My guess is he's already decided he's going to fire McCarthy. It's just at what point does uh, does he go ahead and, and make it official? But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that, it's it is it's tough. It's a tough sport, uh, but it's professional football. And Mike McCarthy, it's just hard to imagine him ever leading Dallas to the Super Bowl. I mean, he's he's one in three in the playoffs. They just seem just super tight. I mean, yesterday just not even competitive. And uh, again, against a Green Bay team that it, it's not like Green Bay had a bunch of injuries and really struggled for four or five games. Then they, they got the right guys back. It's not like Aaron Rodgers is still there. I mean, this is a group of, of offensive players that are babies in this league that, that have never seen really anything, certainly nothing like playoff football. And for them to go on the road and, and have the success that they had to have one punt in their first six, seven drives, you know, everything else is a touchdown. It just speaks to, you know, Mike McCarthy, and is there just too much internal pressure? Uh, and, and should they move on to a coach that has more success in the tournament? And obviously, if, if that's going to be the criteria, there's no greater one available than Bill Belichick. 
I think Jerry Jones is a <coughs> guy who doesn't have a lot of patience, yet he seemed to show it when he had Jason Garrett as the head coach for so many years. And I think he's shown patience with Mike McCarthy. If the goal is to win the Super Bowl, Mike McCarthy has done that for a different franchise, but certainly not for the Cowboys. There is, I feel like, so much angst in Dallas over the way that game went yesterday. You're at home. Weather's not a factor. You have all the momentum of the season on your side. Dak Prescott's had an unbelievable season after a year when people questioned him. And then your run defense is horrendous and Dak plays poorly. Yeah. That falls on the head coach. Yeah, You know, it's funny, too. You said about the patience thing. In fairness to Jerry Jones, people don't say that sentence very often or that, that entry to a sentence very often. I think he was shocked. Did you when you saw him interviewed? Yes. I think he was absolutely. Didn't you sense that? I think he was absolutely shocked. I, I think he couldn't believe his eyes. I mean, none of none of us could believe our eyes, right? But I mean, I, he couldn't. He couldn't. Of all the things, I think everybody knew because of Dallas's history, because of how good San Francisco is, that there was certainly a chance they weren't going to be in the Super Bowl. But nobody saw this coming. No, no, nobody, nobody could have seen this. That that all of a sudden. You're going to look up, and the Dallas Cowboys are getting rolled by a by a young, aspiring but certainly not great Green Bay team. So we'll see. We'll More see. surprised that the Jaguars lost to the Titans in the win and in situation, or the Cowboys lost to the Packers the way they did yesterday. This I was more surprised with this. I I I, th- I thought, listen, the Jaguars had the Jaguars were uh, a a nine and seven team when they lost. The Cowboys were a twelve win team at home. So the Jaguars on the road. So, but yeah, it felt like there were some similarities. There were clearly some similarities. One similarity is you're like, how did that happen? I mean, I mean, the Jaguars fans are still smarting from the how did that happen, whereas the Cowboys. Think about this: if you're a Jaguar, think if you're a Jaguars fan, and how how disappointed you were because you were so convinced you were in the playoffs, and you were so convinced that the Titans weren't very good and couldn't beat you. Think about if you're a Jaguars fan. How much, how much that thing really hurts. Well, if you're a Jaguars fan and you're feeling that, imagine if you're a Cowboys fan that three straight 12-win seasons and nothing to show for it, and Green Bay came into your place and rolled you. Think about, think about what Cowboy fan is thinking right now. Well, and that's why I think Cowboy fan expects there to be a new head coach. I mean, it's just it, it's, it's hard to justify running this back when – you've got such low confidence that this head coach can get the team to play when they most need to play at their highest level. And again, Green Bay is a bad seven seed. I mean, we Pittsburgh's a bad seven seed in the AFC, uh, and that looks like that is playing out. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, and, and I give Green Bay a lot of credit, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go to San Francisco and lose 38-14. to 14. Uh, I, I, I think it was just Dallas imploded. Uh, and, and again, I think – I. I do think there's parallels to the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars imploded in Nashville. Uh, and so yeah, I think I think the pressure certainly got to both organizations. And, uh, you know, I, I think in Dallas's case, if, again, if Belichick is out there and I'm assuming he would be interested, I, I just don't know how you – It's is it fair to Mike McCarthy? No, he's done a nice job. He's won 12 games over the last three years. But – this is professional football. It's about the Lombardi Trophy, and can you bring it here? It's hard to imagine that he can. And then if that domino falls, where does Mike McCarthy end up? Because 
we haven't really talked about his potential next job. Obviously, there's lots of jobs out there, but I think he's another attractive candidate. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. But a guy that's won a Super Bowl in Green Bay over the Pittsburgh Steelers, a guy that a guy that led his team to three straight 12-win seasons, really sort of resurrected Dak Prescott this year. Yeah, and thought about that. She makes a good point, Ace. If that does happen, he's one of the better candidates on the market, isn't he? It's so deep that it's 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 hard to it's hard to say. I I, I would be more willing to bet that he doesn't get a job than does. Uh, and again, I'm not saying he's deserving certainly uh, with his resume, but despite the large amount of openings, I would think that if Dallas moves on, McCarthy is probably an OC next year or just out of football. Yeah, and only because he wasn't in the list of candidates early on. Because it's a great point, but he wasn't. He he wasn't in. He hasn't been. He hasn't been in this list of candidates. Everyone else is in this list of candidates. He hasn't been in that. Yeah, the two jobs that we talk about as being not as attractive, the Panthers and the Commanders. I feel like that's certainly kind of a fallback option for someone. Yeah, he's a good coach now. I mean, Mike McCarthy is a really good head coach. He'd be. It'd almost be like the year Doug Peterson was out. You know, he'd be an awfully good coach not working. I I would think if he winds up not working. So we'll we'll take a break. Uh, The uh, Bills lead the Steelers. 14-0 14-0 and are on the move again. They could make short work of Pittsburgh in this, but we'll update you after this. It's 1010XL and 92.5 FM. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. Time now for the Sky Life Elite Take Flight Moment of the Week. Sky Life Elite, North Florida's premier private air charter. Green five, Josh going to throw, and it's caught by St. Brown. Fifty-two to go. Game is not over yet, but it's very, very close. That route was a little slice of brilliance right there by St. Brown. And man, I tell you what, when your head coach believes in your ability to make that pass, all the things that Dan Campbell has done to build Jared Goff's confidence, when he came out in that moment, no, we're not running it twice and punting it. I'm putting it in my quarterback's hands. He's ready for that moment, and he got it done. Great call there by Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth. That is our Sky Life Elite take flight moment. Second and nine, Jared Goff drops back, finds Amon St. Brown. 11-yard gain. It keeps the chains moving. And basically, that was the end of the game. Uh, From that point, they were coming out of the two-minute warning. The Rams were out of timeouts. Goff takes three knees, and Detroit has its first playoff victory in 32 years. And uh, what an unbelievable story the Lions are going to be in. I think they're going to be the team that if you don't have a dog in the fight, I think everybody's going to be a Detroit Lions fan until uh, their run ends. Uh, again, Skylife Elite, our good friends, 490-9332. You can find them flyskylife.com. Uh, as well as on Instagram, North Florida's premier private air charter. I'm going to call our friends at Sky Life Elite. Ask them if they'll fly me and Billy Napier around to talk to portal guys. <laughs> We're going to go find some. And that's a good plan. Okay. I want the starting defensive tackle from Abilene Christian. Yeah. Who's 6'4". He's twitchy. 3'12". Mm-hmm. Nobody knows about. I want yeah. to know why he is on this list. That's yeah. One. By the way, uh, since uh, – just played Dance in the Dark, and that and that song hasn't gotten near enough attention yet on our show. Have you? Did you see the thing years later 
when Courtney Cox was hosting Saturday Night Live and, and Sandler, Sandler did it. Did you see that? Yeah, Have so you seen awesome. it, Lauren? No. So so Courtney Cox is hosting Saturday Night Live. So she's talking about the being in the video and whatnot. This has to be early 90s. Yeah. yeah. She looks super, super young. Right. right. And, and so Adam Sandler comes out and does Dance in the Dark. It's tremendous. It's so he, funny. He does. It's such a good Springsteen yeah. impersonation. I mean, it's really, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's unbelievable. She's cracking up. <laughs> she, she, she's trying to dance for all yeah. that. But it is really, it's really, you got to, if you haven't seen it, it's on, it's, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. It's Adam Sandler doing Springsteen's dance. I mean, it is really funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, all the mannerisms. <laughs> it, it's, it's really good stuff. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of broadcasters, you talk, you said Mike Trico on the call. Boy, Noah Eagle's good, didn't he? Yeah. Did Noah Eagle and Todd Blacklist, did you, did you, did you all watch the Peacock game? We did. Yep. Did I've you like him? Like everything. him? Not like him? The broadcast? No, I thought they were fine. Yeah. I, to me, every broadcast to this point has been really good. I'm sure that Nance and Romo are really good right yeah. now too. I do find it funny that Ian Eagle was doing the same game but radio, radio. while his son is doing TV. He was, but 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 have you heard? Have you heard? Yeah, that was funny. Have you heard Noah much? Uh, I have not. You know who's really amazing is Rhonda Eagle. <laughs> Rhonda, the mom. E- yeah, I didn't she, know. Oh, that. She, no, I'm teasing. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, it's it is incredible how a similar they are and both how fantastic they are. I told it. Ian, I told Ian, I said, listen, you're you got to be really proud. And Ian's, you know, Ian, Ian's got the final four now. You know, you know, he he replaced Nance on the final four. So I told him, I told him again this year. But I told him, I said, you know, Junior didn't get that because he's your kid. Junior got that because he's freaking good. And he said, Frank, I really appreciate you saying that. I, you always want that to be the case, and he's worked at it his whole life. I, I, I think he, I think Ian told me he wasn't always going to do that. He was, he was pursuing something else somewhere along the line, and uh, I'm trying, I don't remember the story exactly, but uh, but I'm just telling you, he is Ian Eagle. I mean, a Noah Eagle is well, obviously Ian Eagle's good. Noah Noah Eagle's really good. and Blackledge is great. I mean, I'm telling you, I thought it was a fantastic team. Did they do the Notre Dame games? Maybe is that what it was or? They're on. Sure. They're on NBC, so it was something, right? They did. So they they worked together. I want to say it had to be the Notre Dame games. What else would the NBC have had? Did NBC have anything else this year or no? Why did I think that? It's uh, a good question. I still think, like with Blackledge, I still think college more than well, sure. NFL. Yeah, but I, yeah. but I thought he did a good job. I, I I'm telling. You, I think I think it's a really really good team, man. I I, I think uh, I, I think he's good, and he's uh, and and by the way, I an Eagle. Might be as good a dude as there is in 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 broadcasting. I mean, he's he's Ian Eagle's a guy that when he's doing a national game, what does he do for CBS? The second game, if uh, if it's got to be if Nan, yeah. if Nance and Rome have the first game, he and Charles Davis have to have the second game, right? Would have to be right. Would he have to be their second team? Have I can't imagine anyone's ahead of him, right? Yeah. So if he's doing so, the Jags have to have a pretty big game for him to be calling it. He's, he will go to every he'll he'll go to the b- local broadcast booth, sit there, eat breakfast with you, whatever. Always seeks people out. He's that guy. Mm-hmm. He's not too big for any of it. I mean, he really he also still does the Brooklyn Nets. So, uh, he's he's really good. Eagle and Blackledge did NBC Big Ten Saturday night. Oh, that's right. They had Big Ten this year, didn't mm-hmm. they? That's what it was. Yep. That's 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 what it, they had. They had Big Ten. That, that's right. That's and right. yes, uh, Ian Eagle and Charles Davis and Evan Washburn are the second team, and then Kevin Harlan, Trent Green, and Melanie Collins are the third. That's team. right. That's right. So, but yeah, that's what it was. They had they had the, I forgot they had the Big Ten, didn't they? They, had Big Ten. So anyway, they did. Yeah. So they've had a lot of practice together, and then they also did 
a game, an NFL game earlier this year. They did one with they did Steelers Bengals in December. Oh, they did. Okay, okay. I didn't realize that. So they've had some good practice. Steelers knocking on the door here. By the way, they got a first and goal at the four yard line of the Bills. The Bills lead Pittsburgh fourteen to nothing in this playoff game. Moved from yesterday, as you know, at one o'clock, and they moved it till today. So a Steelers and Bills. Uh, Bills lead it fourteen to nothing. Steelers now have a second and goal. Don't let them hang around. Four-yard line. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that in this game they can hang around. You're right, though. They're that team, aren't they? Oh, they're, they're so that team. That team. They're not very good. They're not very good. And all of a sudden, you look up and, and there's eight minutes left, and you're they're down three yeah, with the yeah, ball, yeah. and you're like, how did this happen? Yeah, they are that team. But I, I'd be surprised if it happens in this game. We'll see. I'll yeah, take a break. When we come back, Warren's going to wrap the program. News and notes. Stay with us. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. What's going on in the world? It's time for Frangie Show News and Notes. Here's Lauren Brooks. This is pretty good for a Monday. We've got NFL playoffs going on, although the game's not all that close as the Bills now lead the Steelers 21-0 and a little Chris Stapleton. Not a bad Monday at all. All right, this, though, is not going to put you in a good mood. Thanks to John Shipley of SI for these draft comparisons between the Lions and the Jaguars. The Jaguars have selected 29 players, including seven in the top 50 over the last few years. Of those picks, the Jaguars have drafted zero Pro Bowlers and zero All-Pros. The Lions have selected 23 players and nine players in the top 50. Of those picks, the Lions have seen three picks become Pro Bowlers, Two become first-team All-Pros. That includes Panay Sewell, Aiden Hutchinson, <clears throat> Sam Laporta, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, they drafted really well, and the Jags haven't drafted terribly, but not as well as them. Listen, the Hutchinson-Trayvon Walker conversation is going to go on forever. Trayvon Walker, I thought, had a good year. He had 10 sacks. I, I think he's a tough-nosed guy. I think he's stiff against the run. But Aiden Hutchinson, sure, he affects the pocket. He affects the pocket almost, even when he doesn't get a sack. He, He's as good at pressures mm-hmm. as almost anybody in the league. Well, it helps when you line up at nickel corner. Yeah. I mean, good God. Yeah. It's amazing how wide he lines yeah. up. And they yeah. did a good job of highlighting it right. uh, in the final minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's like, He's way out there. I mean, it's unbelievable. And he almost, he still almost got to Stafford on where they pointed out right at the end and Stafford, Stafford stepped up to to avoid him, uh, but, that, but got the holding. And uh, – yeah, I mean, Hutchinson's had a, a great start to his career. Trayvon Walker had a, a very, very good second year. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think what's probably going to happen there is you look up in three or four years and both clubs are really happy with their pick. Um, you know, I, I, I don't have a problem with the Trayvon Walker pick. Uh, you know, you can certainly criticize the the bulky drafts and uh, how they compare, particularly to the teams that have done it at a really high level. And, you know, it's, again – I think it's it's one of those things that the ownership here settles for. Okay, if you're okay, this ownership will keep employing you, uh, and that's just how it is. And and until more is expected, until the the goal is a Super Bowl and not just being not awful, uh, this is what you're gonna have. NBC released its numbers for the game Sunday night, saying the average audience in streaming and over the air for the game, they released the numbers Sunday night, but the game was Saturday night, between Kansas City and Miami, was $23 million. That eclipses last year's Saturday night wildcard game, which was, of course, Chargers-Jags. 23 million viewers. Yes, viewers, by 6%. Did I say dollars? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 23 million viewers, yes, not dollars. So 
In other words, the streaming actually is working. Yeah, I guess. I mean, listen, it's the NFL. I mean, you could you could put the game on on whatever, and NFL fans are going to find it. That doesn't mean they're going to like it. That doesn't mean they're going to like that they have to stream it. Uh, but the the reason streaming works is you could put the game on carrier pigeons, and and people are going to find the NFL. And that that that's why the streaming didn't make it better. It just made it – it didn't matter. You know what I mean, Hayes? No matter – the NFL is the king and people are going to watch it. Yeah, and, and again, this is all where our world is headed. I mean, it's just pe- more people are cutting the cord. Streaming has become more and more of a thing, and it's it's going to continue. So uh, it's either embrace it and, you know, learn to, to deal with it or live a life of frustration because it's, it's not going away. By the way, that Josh Allen 52-yard – run the longest by a bill in a playoff game. Yeah. Uh, so an amazing – And his uh, career long. By, run, yeah, yeah, his career long. And longest uh, for a bill in a playoff game. This is from Buffalo Bills PR. Since Joe Cribs in the 1981 game at the Jets. How about that? So uh, 21 nothing by the way. It was a 52-yard touchdown. So the Bills all over the Steelers, 21 to nothing. And people expect Josh Allen to have a turnover every game, but the way this one's going so far, uh, he may be sitting the fourth quarter. That run was really interesting because it's almost like he did that Kenny Pickett at Pitt thing uh, when he was in college. He gets to like the forty, and like he's gonna slide, and it kind of looks like he's getting ready to slide, mm-hmm. and then he just takes off, and uh, and it this the I can't tell if the Steelers' safety quits or if he's just flat-footed. But it's uh, his ability to stop and start for being 6'5", 237 is uh, remarkable and uh, unbelievable play. By the way, you talk about the Bills catching a break. Thank you, Jaguars. If the Jaguars beat the Titans, wouldn't the Bills have played the Texans? If the Jaguars had beaten the Titans, yes, they would have won the division. They'd have been the four. Right. And Houston would have been the seven. So you'd be playing – Houston, who's a significantly better team than Pittsburgh. So, in addition to doing the Steelers a favor, the Jaguars did a the Bills a major favor, I think. Yeah, by knocking no out. doubt about it. Yeah. As for the game tonight, Baker Mayfield is questionable with ribs and an ankle injury, and Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts is questionable with a finger injury. But they're both expected to play tonight. Philly wide receiver AJ Brown with a knee sprain is not going to play tonight. He could play next week if the Eagles win. Who wins that? You guys like the Bucks, right? I like the Bucks. I think low scoring. I'll take it. Tampa Bay twenty three twenty. I think the Eagles are going to win. You like the Bucks too, right? Yeah. I do. I think momentum at the end of the season is everything. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the Eagles are going to win that game. You're right though. They they lost all that. Boy, if they don't, I don't think Nick Sirianni's getting fired. Well, boy, that's a collapse, isn't it? If they they started, they were ten me, and two. Yeah, and, 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 two. and that one to me is a little harder to defend. Like even for me, who is probably more on the aggressive side of of fire the coach, I uh, Nick Sirianni just got you to a Super Bowl, right? So that one I really don't get. If the Eagles fire him, unless he's just like a horror show behind the scenes, and you know may, maybe winning the NFC last year turned him into a you know sometimes success can change people. I, that I can't speak to. But if it's simply that they're wins and losses, yeah. If if it's a football decision, yeah, that makes no sense. Because yeah, I mean, he just got you to the Super and Bowl. I don't think they are firing him. I'm just I, saying. What yeah, a but boy, there's a lot of talk in that region mm-hmm. and nationally that if he loses tonight, he could be out. Well, again, fans and a lot of media, Lauren, they're in the FFA, the FFA 
community. What is FFA? Not Future Farmers of America. Right. What is it? Firing fixes all. all. Firing fixes all. That's what that, we we are in more of a firing fixes all world but than I, we've ever been. But I don't think these are reporters that want him fired. I think it's just reporters saying that may happen. I am hearing that this could happen if they lose to Tampa. Yeah, I would expect, based off of what I've read too, I would expect Sirianni to keep his job but fire both coordinators. That's what I would think. But at the same time, yeah, we shall see. By the way, I forgot. By the way, speaking of the Eagles and Howie Roseman, did you realize that he and Jed Fish were like? The whole thing, I didn't. Realize. Oh, I didn't know that. He and Jed Fish were fraternity brothers at Florida. Oh, really? Neither one of them had a football background. Jed Fish was like a high school tennis player, and then I didn't. I read all about them, but they all they both wanted to be in football. It's a, it's a great story. Bruce Feldman wrote it. It's a it's a great story that he wrote about Howie Roseman and Jed Fish, two two fraternity brothers at Florida that had no connection to anything football, but wanted to work in football. Yeah. Now one, now one's a. One's the general manager of a team that went to the Super Bowl, and the other just got the Washington job. Yeah. Wow. Pretty amazing. Well, speaking of that, Jed Fish did take that Washington job, seven years, $7.75 million per year <laughs> average. And I think a lot of Florida fans are going, uh, who's going to be the next Florida coach if Billy Napier doesn't work out because two people that they had targeted were Kalen DeBoer and Jed Fish. Yeah, but I will tell you this, reading that story and reading Lauren, I was telling Hayes this during the break, he has gone, he's been so many places. That it's clear to me, Jed Fish is not staying anywhere. So, and I think he's going to wind up. I think he will be an NFL head coach. I'm convinced of that. So, uh, Washington, good luck. He'll probably do well at Washington for a while. But my guess is Jed Fish winds up being the Seahawks coach at some point. Well, and again, if if what you hear is accurate from some of the SEC reporters, if Lane Kiffin will take your job, if he if he wins ten games this year, he doesn't even have to get to the playoff. If, but, or, but I mean, if he does, great. But like, if he goes nine and three at Ole Miss, and they finish fourteenth, which would be probably a mild disappointment considering the hype they're going to have. If Lane Kiffin will take your job, you don't make another call. It doesn't matter what Jed Fish would do or Kalen DeBoer. Like, if Lane Kiffin wants to take the Florida job, I, I don't make another call. I, I would take him. Now, hopefully, Napier wins nine games and ends up being great for Florida. But if you had to make a, a change, I mean, to me, if I still question whether Lane Kiffin would take it. But if he would take it, I think if you're Florida, that's your search. You just hire Lane Kiffin. We shall see what happens. Time now for today's takeaways. Now, today's takeaways. Brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. My takeaway is the uh, NFL playoffs, the weekend. What a performance for C.J. Stroud and, uh, and Jordan Love. Two kind of new quarterbacks on the scene. And, again, it, it adds to a picture in which if you're the Jaguars, you're looking at this saying, we thought we had a, a, an elite quarterback in the NFL. And you may still have that, but there's certainly work to be done because Trevor Lawrence, from our conversations in the preseason about – is it Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Trevor? Can you make that argument? And we were making it. Now, I mean, it's going to be awfully hard to sell any argument that Trevor Lawrence is in the top 10. Doesn't mean he's still young. He's 24 years old. Doesn't mean he can't be in there, in there next year. Doesn't mean he can't have a huge year. But, uh, but it's disappointing to see these young quarterbacks, Jordan Love, who's been in the league but hasn't really played until this year, and C.J. Stroud, who is a rookie and, and younger than Trevor, Disappointing to see them having this kind of success while the Jaguars are not in the tournament. 
Yeah, absolutely. My takeaway is that we've only had one close game through the NFL super wild card playoffs to this point, and certainly not a close game right now. Again, Buffalo leading Pittsburgh 21 to nothing and threatening to score again. So it could be 28 nothing before the half, although they're going to kick the field goal. But either way, uh, I would like closer games. So hopefully the next round, the divisional round, gives us better football games. All right, let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Rick Ballou joins us on the program. Blocked. Another blowout. There is a blocked field goal. Could do a better job with the selection committee for these playoff games. <laughs> well said. Four of the five have been bad. Yeah, they are. Except for last night. I do think the good thing is the next round will be pretty good. Yeah. So there you, go. you know, L.A. has no voice. Can you imagine if that pass interference went the other way last night? Or the no P.I.? I know it. If it, yeah. if it kept Detroit out of the playoffs? I know. I mean, every the whole world would have screamed. You're right. But Please. you don't hear a word because it's L.A. And L.A., there's zero mouthpiece right. That's right. out of Los Angeles. But if that had happened to Detroit. So, you know, it's just uh, – it's always great when you can roll in here on a Monday and find a way to pick on the refs. Is, um, is Mike McCarthy fired? <sighs> 42 and 25, but he's one and three in the playoffs. So he's kind of like Marty Schottenheimer, um, Marvin Lewis. You know, he's so successful in the regular season, but but can't win those big games. It, it feels like we hear more about that in college. I mean, that was a wrap on Harbaugh up until two years ago. Couldn't beat Ohio State. Couldn't win against top five teams. James Franklin's dealing with that right now. I kind of think they make a change if they believe they can get Bill Belichick. Yeah, so that was that, and that seems to be where. It, yeah. Well, and why wouldn't they be able to get? He's a, he's available. Yeah, but, you know, where I, else is he going? What what better job could he take than that one? No, there's not a better job. I mean, Dak Prescott is a very good quarterback. He did not play well yesterday, but Bill Belichick needs 15 wins. He can do that in two years in Dallas. Right. Get his record. People are like he's 72. Is he going to get along with Jerry? Well, you're not talking about him going in there and being a part of this for a decade. You're talking about going there for three years, four years. So I, I think under that set of circumstances, uh, it would make just uh, incredible sense. And imagine how polarizing that would be. I, I want to Lane Kiffin and Bama. I thought that would have been like just circle a bullseye around everything there, and it didn't happen. Can you imagine Bill Belichick on the Dallas? Oh, so cool. my that goodness. Would be. Yeah, we'd all be paying attention. Oh, it'd be a lot of fun. It's coming up tonight. Uh, we'll do all that. Got a couple of good things tonight on the Jags that I uh, want to throw out there for our listeners and uh, a couple of ideas, plus keep everyone updated on uh, on this game here and get ready for tonight's game. It's a uh, it's a great Monday here, so uh, looking forward to getting things started up. All right, Rick Fuller goes into the night. He'll be telling you all about. He'll update you on this game and get you ready for the Bucks and the Eagles, folks. That's our program. But don't go anywhere. Rick goes into the night right now. We'll be back tomorrow, same bad time, same bad channel. For Hayes, Lauren, and RJ, I'm Frank Frangie. Have a great night.